0: Yeah, you know that $11 million uh, that we gave you uh, eight years ago? Have you still got it, and can we have it back, please? I think that could be met with a, a resounding up yours, laws. I don't know, I don't know. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I made it in after going to see a pop concert last night. I saw the Jennifer Lopez lady She was supported by Stushi. I've never seen such little personality on such a big stage It really, they were awful um, But Jennifer Lopez was excellent I read a review of it this morning in the Telegraph Saying her singing was excellent I'm not convinced she was singing I think she was miming Because after each song she'd be Hello London It's great to be here and, and yet, during the, the song, so she was not perfect. I'm a little bit suspicious. Does that happen a lot these days in pop concerts, that the pop singer doesn't actually do the singing? They're miming. Uh, uh, I... disappointed. Anyway, onwards and upwards, lots on the show this morning, including, as you just heard in the news there, the Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust will no longer exist. I'll tell you why in a moment. You can hear as well this morning about a campaign to reopen public loos in Bedford. Are there enough where you live? Are there any where you live? I'm often caught short <laughs> and uh, need to... I'm always popping into McDonald's, a good place is to go for a, for a wee-wee. Pubs are mm, not so good. If you get spotted and you're not buying a drink, you're in trouble. Are there any public toilets near where you live? And this, I, I, this next story, I, I do not believe for one second according to one top motoring organisation it's the AA car insurance premiums have fallen really? has yours gone up or down in the last year and can we find someone listening in the three counties can we find the person paying the highest premium let's have a little league table shall we you can get in touch lots of ways you can email 3cr at bbc.co.uk You can text 81333, starting your text 3CR, or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is to come to an end. Trustees from that charity, as well as representatives from the Jimmy Savile Charitable Trust, met last night to discuss the future. They had considered changing their names, but the trustees felt that whatever new name they adopted, they would always be linked with the late TV presenter. The trustees have already chosen how to distribute the funds in each charity and decided not to publicly announce who the recipients will be. It will be uh for each charitable organization to decide whether to publicize any donation received. Uh, we asked them to come on; they ain't talking they ain't talking. Meanwhile, the Director General of the BBC, George Entwistle, will be questioned by MPs today. It's thought members of the Culture Select Committee will ask Mr Entwistle why a Newsnight investigation into the allegations against Savile was dropped. Last night, Panorama screened its own investigation. BBC reporter Gavin Lee joins us now. Morning, Gavin. Morning, Ian.
2: Did you see the documentary last night? I did, yeah. I- uh, it's a very interesting time to watch, actually, because you had the uh, document Panorama on at the same time as Newsnight. Of course, is interested as to how Newsnight deals with it with a story that's just engulfing itself. Mm. And then on, uh, I think, ITV had in David Cameron on, at the same time, on a, a programme called Agenda, uh, being asked about the same thing. So, wow. yeah, it was a day to... <sighs> Be up late going
0: off on a slight tangent gavin as I, as I know you're able to I, I, it, the BBC is apparently it, this is the biggest scandal in 50 years. Yeah. I was thinking last night can
2: Newsnight withstand this?
0: Is there any danger of Newsnight itself
2: kind of disappearing? Mm. It's a really good question, actually. I saw, um, you know, just, just go, looking at the body language, the mannerisms, the tone of Jeremy Paxman um, last night, you, you know, looking particularly perturbed, uh, exhausted by it. Yeah. But I think Newsnight did what Newsnight can only do, is it's to report upon itself. Uh, very interesting position with using, you know, one of its most um, talented, eminent uh, investigative reporters, Liz McKean, who is the centre of the panorama story mm. and saying that, you know, her boss wouldn't listen. It was suddenly stop this Jimmy Savile story. Last year, she became the you know the interviewee Mm. and and had nothing to do with reporting on the story at all. It was just a very interesting move to distance themselves and and show objectivity, independence. So I think in that sense, um, a um, newsnight were very clear to say we're we're covering this now. And you know they Mm. went on then to covering uh, you know the Belarus president, one of the last dictators in Europe, to to make a clear point that we also will will be covering other things at this point.
0: Let's talk about the documentary last night. I've not seen it all. I saw the first 20 minutes this morning when I got up. Uh, Lots of C- uh, claims in there, including claims of other people at uh, top of the pops being involved in the abuse of young
2: girls. Yeah, there are some you know, really serious spin-offs uh, from this. Lots of different strands that, that came off. It was an incredible programme to watch, actually. Uh, it's Incredibly insightful. There was more than uh, was covered. I think you know, looking ahead, the the main claims about why it was dropped. So this was one of the most. A member of staff saying it's top of the pops. Uh, you know, all of, all of the years ago, going back to the seventies and eighties, that uh, Jimmy. Sapp- would uh, allegedly take his pick of the girls and so would a number of members of staff in their 30s that worked on the programme. And one of the lawyers speaking to Panorama, a woman called Liz Ducks, said that she had evidence or she was speaking to a number of people about a paedophile ring operating within the BBC mm. at the time. I and mean, these are hugely damaging allegations about the BBC. Again, suggestions are around the 70s, 80s. All of this will be covered in an investigation looking into to the BBC, a led inquiry. Uh, no doubt today, George Entwistle speaking, as you mentioned in front of these MPs at the Culture Committee will get questions about this as well It, it seems like this is it, just getting a certain amount of light for the first time, but that's one of the, the things and, and if, if, if I may yes. just to go off a few other points that uh, raised a few questions last night. The crucial thing and you and I picked up on this yesterday, Peter Rippon, why he decided to st- suddenly drop the story. That was, you know, for the how long programme, that was the centre of it and I, the journalist's Made it so clear, Liz McKean, uh, Marion Jones, the producer, uh, that from day one to one day to the next, he was changing from a strong story, Peter Rippon, the editor, to to, and saying, get ready to broadcast, to saying, all of a sudden, we need more evidence, I'm not happy, and then let's pull the editing, as in, stop working on it. And there was Mm. really no adequate explanation of and this came from Liz McKean, the, the reporter, why uh, Peter Rippon hadn't asked to look at the interviews. He hadn't asked to see any of this material, how strong it was. I think, so there are lots of questions for him, but I, I've got to say there was no evidence last night of an institutional cover-up. That is, these claims that the Newsnight editor was lent on because of the pressure, because it classed with a special tribute programme about Jimmy on BBC Two. There, there was nothing in there to, to substantiate that.
0: Gavin Lee, listen, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Right, now, listen, I find this fascinating. I'm wondering, uh, uh, dear listener, I'm talking to you now, Do you find it as fascinating? I was listening to Five Live yesterday and they were getting lots of texts going Oh dear, very boring, yawn, yawn, yawn There is a danger, isn't there? Of the BBC disappearing up its own backside Because we're a BBC show talking about a BBC show that was investigating a BBC show that didn't do a report about the BBC It's it's that whole six degrees of separation, isn't it? Are you interested in this? Could you just send me a text? Seriously. We have to cover it, and of course we will cover it, but could you send me a text? 81333. Is that your text, 3CR? Just yes or no. Are you interested in the BBC talking about the BBC? See
3: how I'm walking. See my own You make me walk
0: So I've asked on Twitter... Let me read the exact question, because it's worded very cleverly. Cleverly. It's just words, but... So I've asked on Twitter, are you interested in the BBC talking about shows on the BBC that investigate shows on the BBC, or are we disappearing up our own backsides, yes or no? Uh, Well, we have to cover it, of course we'll cover it, and I'm genuinely fascinated by it, but I'm curious as, as, as to you outside. Alison has replied, Nope, ain't interested, it's getting beyond ridiculous. Could you send me a text? 81333, starting your text 3CR. Just a yes or no. A little explanation, if you want. But a yes or no will do. Are you interested? Uh, you can also give us a call, 08459 five nine four Let's get the travel news now. Let's go to Sophie
4: Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Good morning, well no major problems to update you with at the moment Looks like it's all moving fairly nicely out there The uh, usual trouble areas not yet beginning to cause too much of a problem And the M25 in particular is looking particularly good actually The rest of the motorway is not causing too much of a problem either We do have disruption at the moment on London Midland services Now this is mainly up a little bit further between Nuneaton and Coventry And Boeing International and Boeing and New Street But it is causing lots of problems heading back down towards us as well Particularly Virgin Trains as well where there are also delays of around an hour um, Uh, Now, so do check before you travel, this may be causing you a few little problems here and there, but otherwise it shouldn't be looking at too bad. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you
0: very much, Sophie. Good morning, it's 6.15, it's, uh, where are we? It's Tuesday the 23rd of October, I believe. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down in the wake of allegations the late DJ abused children. South Yorkshire Police has given the Independent Police Complaints Commission more than 1,400 names of officers who are working during the Hillsborough disaster or may know something about the subsequent investigations. In sport, after yesterday being stripped of his seven Tour de France titles, a Texas insurance company is demanding Lance Armstrong returns $11 million paid to him in bonuses after he won his sixth tour in 2004. will have a full weather bulletin shortly. And coming up, a mum from Bedford whose son was born completely tongue-tied had to wait 4 days to have corrective uh, have a corrective procedure done at Bedford Hospital due to staff shortages we'll find out more before 6:30
1: BBC Three Counties Radio Every Monday to Saturday from 12, Nick Koffer. The
6: thing about reading Julia Donaldson books is you read them and you think, I could have done that. I'll sweat blood and tears and write something and I want it to sound simple and if it does I've succeeded but people think I might have written it on the back of an envelope.
1: Nick Koffer. When
6: did you first get a sense that you could write? I wrote a story about a rabbit with orange ears and this rabbit was being chased by a farmer and the rabbit went and hid in a shop. The nice shopkeeper told the the farmer that they were just carrots. And so I suppose I was writing tricks to tales even when I was five or six years old.
1: Nick Coffer, Monday to Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Listen, it's a problem we've all faced, okay? And it's slightly easier for gentlemen than it is for ladies. I'm aware of that. But still, when you have to go, you have to go. But what happens when there isn't anywhere to go when you have to go? This morning, we'll be hearing about one woman's campaign to get public toilets in Bedford reopened after after Bedford Borough Council closed them in April. Our reporter, Justin, is on his way to uh, Bedford this morning. Justin, whereabouts are you? And, and just give us a little bit of background to this. Yes,
7: hello, Ian. On the way to Bedford this morning, um, quite an interesting story, this one. Maureen Cherry, she is the manager of the Art Centre and Gallery in Howard Street in Bedford. Now, uh, she's begun a petition for the toilets to be reopened in Howard Street, plus Queen Street, Silver Street and River. Square Because what happened was, Ian, Bedford Borough Council, they closed down all of these public toilets. Now, the reason they closed them is because it saves them over £100,000 a year, which is quite a lot of money. Agreed? It's, it's a fair bit of money, but come on! Yes, as you say, come on. People not happy about it. Now, uh, Maureen says that her staff have been acting as toilet attendants. Oh, no, that's no good. Yeah, since the closure of these public toilets, um, apparently members of the public, they are constantly coming into the Arts Centre asking where the nearest facilities are and she feels sorry for them she she feels like she can't turn them away oh
0: f- i could t- just i could turn them away yeah. very very. you get can out. be grumpy
7: if you want to <laughs> get out. Uh, she feels obliged to let the people use the laboratories which are reserved for employees only so yep. later we're going to be meeting maureen at the arts center we're going to be finding out just why she's so passionate about this but also finding out where the nearest public toilets are because i've been told they're quite away and as you say when you've got to go you've got to go. Go. And Justin,
0: I believe that uh, before you left the offices here this morning, you drank a whole bottle of Tizer. So, just to make this story a little bit more interesting and give it a bit of jeopardy, is well, that correct? Well, I've
7: actually drunk 10 litres of water this morning. Oh, yeah. I've been up since 3 o'clock this morning. And I should try and find a public toilet. In saying that, as you know, I now have a fear of toilets after being stuck in a toilet for 45 <laughs> minutes only two months ago.
0: We will hear more of that later on.
8: I'm killed by your love. Don't even wanna try Sometimes the truth won't make you happy So I'm not gonna lie But don't ever question If my heart beats only for you It beats only for you No, I'm far from perfect Nothing like your entourage I can't grant you any
0: Justin's story about being locked in the toilet for 45 minutes yet again. He's told it to me already, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. to keep listening because it, it, it really is. It's a great story.
8: Because when you give it up, when no matter what you do, it's never
0: good enough. And we should get make sure Sony are listening to the show today. <laughs> Justin Dealy investigating public toilets. This is it. This is the gold. Don't this is what we've all been working for. My weather now with Jim
9: Bacon. Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Good morning. Well, we're doing it to you again. Misty, foggy, damp, drizzly weather out there this morning. Some poor visibilities in places and rather awkward driving conditions for a while. I think what'll happen is during this morning, the cloud will lift a little bit above the surface, so the mist and the fog should improve. But I think think staying pretty murky right through the day, and Still a chance of the odd spit and spot of drizzle, uh, particularly first thing this morning and again later on today. As for sunshine amounts, I don't think we're going to get much of it. There might just be a time this afternoon when this misty low cloud, which is what happens to the fog as it rises above the ground, I think we could see it thin enough to perhaps get a bright interval, but otherwise nothing too much. Now, the air is really very warm, potentially, so if we were to get any brightness, could easily get up to 16 Celsius. 61 Fahrenheit, a light northeasterly breeze today and then tonight, still a lot of clouds some mist and fog at times, the odd spot of drizzle In fact, pretty much like last night, 12 Celsius for the minimum. And Wednesday, more of the same. Thursday, perhaps uh, some thicker cloud giving a spot or two of rain. And then by the time we get to the end of the week, Friday, looks like it's turning brighter. And that's because we've got colder, drier air spreading down from the north. So although we're going to get some sunshine, that'll make it feel more enjoyable outside. But it is much colder air, so the temperatures are going to come down. And instead of getting into the teens, uh, 14, 15, 16 Celsius, we're going to be struggling to get up to 10 Celsius and it does mean to cold nights with uh, a touch of ground frost in places as well so end of the week it looks like a little bit of cold weather coming along quite a contrast to what we're just going through there we have
0: it James thank you very much Hey, listen, don't forget, Roberto Peroni is on weekdays, uh, 3 till 7. The best stories from across the three counties from amazing local people. Uh, He has, from 6 o'clock, he has a little roundtable discussion. And uh, Tuesdays, business and finance. Roberto Peroni, as the man himself says, it's amazing radio. Weekdays from 3pm, BBC, Three Counties Radio. It's a cracking listen. Now, uh, this, is, this is interesting, this story. Uh, the, the, this kind of affected us a little bit, not quite as severely as, uh, as this, but to a certain extent. A mum from Bedford, whose son was born completely tongue-tied and couldn't be properly fed, says she was told she'd have to wait four days to have corrective procedure done at Bedford Hospital due to staff shortages. Uh, it's not a common for babies to be born. And, and Tongue time means, like, it's the bottom of your tongue. You know that there's, if you can lift your tongue up, there's a gap. Well, quite often there isn't on babies. It's quite common. It happens. Uh, but this was 100%. Uh, but Rachel Rogan uh, says she had to pay £200 to get the problem fixed pro- uh, privately. She's been explaining her story to our reporter, Jessica Cooper. <laughs>
10: Immediately uh, after he was born the midwife noticed that he had 100% tongue tie so he was um, unable to feed at all they immediately put forward for a referral to the consultant to um, come and do the procedure for us and we were told it should be done within 24 hours. The following day we hadn't heard anything so they chased that up and we were told that it wouldn't happen until the following Thursday due to um, staff shortages. So by that point he would have been four days without having fed Um the, the 100% tongue tie meant that he was unable to latch to for breastfeeding purposes and he couldn't take a bottle either so um, I had to hand express collect as much of my own milk as I could in a syringe and then drip feed it to him as and when I could. And when you were told that actually despite him being born on the Sunday and this being quite a simple quick procedure but it couldn't be done until the Thursday how did you feel at that time? Well, we were initially very worried and also very frustrated because um, he wasn't thriving uh, as such. He, he didn't actually cry until after the procedure had taken place. He was making some noises, but he was too weak. He was sleeping all of the time because he wasn't getting fed. We were getting extremely concerned that by um, four days he wouldn't be feeding substantially, but also that he would lose or he wouldn't develop the ability to latch and to breastfeed. You didn't wait from Sunday to Thursday. You, you, I suppose, took matters into your own hands. We contacted a private consultant who came up from London and performed the procedure on the Tuesday, so that was 48 hours after he was born. The procedure is very simple. It's a snip of the, the skin underneath the tongue, And he immediately started feeding and he immediately started thriving. He immediately started crying, which was (laughs) great because after he'd had a feed, he um, woke up, certainly he was much more aware than he had been before. And um, the difference in him was fantastic. And it was such a relief to us to see that he was behaving as a normal newborn would. I've never been so happy to hear a baby screaming. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you hope that the hospital might learn from this? I couldn't praise the midwifery unit enough. The, The team were fantastic and the support they gave me with the fact that this procedure couldn't be done and with helping me to try and latch and to try and feed Jack they they were outstanding. The maxillofacial unit are responsible, I, I think, for the whole PCT, so across Luton and Bedfordshire. As a result, they are stretched beyond belief. The midwives did say to us, you know, for a hundred percent tongue tie, we would consider this to be an urgent procedure. For it not to be able to be performed before four days, when a child is probably at its most vulnerable, I think that's quite a worry. If that could just be addressed, and if. Something could be done to say, you know, is, is there a, a, a way in which this service could be performed perhaps by the midwives on the ward or just, just for that worry to be removed.
0: Bedford Hospital NHS Trust told us it's not the case that requirements for minor care aren't being met due to staff shortages. In a statement, it said babies are seen for this procedure as soon as possible. It says it's put in place a training programme to make sure midwives and neonatal nurses can perform this procedure in the maternity department in future. Our first had to have, uh, was a little bit tongue-tied, not 100%. And when they say, oh, yeah, we're going to get a little knife and just snip the uh, underskin of the tongue, you're like, what? (laughs) What? They don't really notice it. There's a little bit of blood, but they don't really know. One midwife was saying they often do it if you've got a long fingernail, you can just do it with that. Well, well, well. Right, let's get to travel news now. Let's go to Sophie Tyler.
1: Beds, hearts and
4: bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: No major problems to be updating you with at the moment. Looks like on the whole it's moving fairly nicely out there on the sensors. Motorways are all looking particularly good actually at the moment. No problems on the M25 right now and the usual delays not yet causing too much of a problem. Now on the trains we do have disruption on London Midland services. It's all following a uh, shortage of train crews so some services will be cancelled at short notice. It's mainly a little bit further up north but they uh, will be affecting some trains coming in towards us as well so do check before you travel. Everything else so really not looking too bad at all the tubes are moving nicely at the moment there's more in 15 minutes
0: thank you very much sophie uh, if you listened to roberto's show last night you would have heard the latest in the police and crime commissioner debates we'll have our political reporter paul scoyne's coming in after the news to tell us about that and also a few weeks ago we did a story a very sad story uh, about a young girl who'd been knocked over crossing the road and was uh, in a coma We'll find out in a bit how she's doing.
4: Getting beds, hearts, and bugs talking.
1: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. But
0: first is the news with Catherine Boyle. Catherine?
11: Are you there? I am, hang on. <laughs> He <laughs> well, no. sneaked up on me. What? It's
0: 6.30, Catherine. That's not sneaking up. That's time proceeding. I'm
11: very busy and important. Okay, I'm were ready. You, were you start Facebooking? Again, start again.
0: Oh, I, can't, I can't play the music again because I don't know how to work the computer. Right? It Hang on never happened. Okay, here's the latest news and sport with the always on time, Catherine Boyle.
11: Good morning, it's 6.30. The headlines, the Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down in the wake of allegations the late DJ abused children. The Director General of the BBC, George Entwistle, will be questioned by MPs today over the Jimmy Savile scandal. And South Yorkshire, Police have given the Independent Police Complaints Commission more than 1,400 names of officers who were working during the Hillsborough disaster or may know something about the subsequent investigations. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports.
1: BBC
4: Three Counties Radio. Watford
11: go to Cardiff in the Championship tonight. Hornets boss Gianfranco Zola hopes to avoid a backlash from Malky Mackay's team following their weekend defeat by Nottingham Forest.
12: I'm sure that uh, they will want to come back strong from that that defeat and uh, so therefore we will uh, need to perform at our best.
11: And Watford defender Carl Dickinson's joined Portsmouth on a month's loan. MK Don's visit Crawley in League One. Don's boss Carl Robinson hopes to have better news of injured midfielder Stephen Gleeson.
13: We're not too sure yet again the swelling still play some sort of impact in it. Um, and he's now going, he's going to hospital today and we'll probably know
12: exactly where we're at.
11: Also in League One, Stevenage host Portsmouth, the borough boss Gary Smith says both teams suffered a summer upheaval in their playing staff.
12: Well, I think you'd not got a dissimilar position on the field to us. That group that came together at the start of the season probably included 15, 18 new bodies. There was a big, big turnover of faces.
11: Wickham have striker Joker forced suspended for tonight's League Two match at home to Barnet. Wanderers caretaker boss Gareth Ainsworth pleased to be back at Adams Park, though, after three successive away games.
14: It feels like we've done a lot of miles away from Adams Park. It'd be nice mm. to get back home, get on our own pitch, and, uh, and back up what we did against Torquay last time out there.
11: And there's a choice of commentary in tonight's three-county sport from Seven. Watford at Cardiff's on 103.8 and 98 FM. MK Dons at Crawley's on 104.5 FM. Stevenage against Portsmouth's on 95.5 FM and medium wave. And that's your latest news and sports. More from me in half an hour. Catherine, where
0: on earth were you? Because I I, I checked the logs. I was was maybe (laughs) 10 seconds early at best
11: mustn't have heard the travel news go out normally that jingle i'm like one of pavlov's dogs i run into the news booth and start salivating my <laughs> yes,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, so you, you you weren't on facebook or anything like that you were busy investigating facts.
11: i was being a news hound
0: excellent stuff thank you very much Catherine. <laughs> The next news is at 7. You know that, don't you?
11: OK, I'll set my alarm.
0: There we go. Thank you, Ben. I, I can only apologise. Can we get Panorama to do an investigation into that? Is it shocking behaviour. Uh, coming up in the next half hour, I'll be speaking to a founding member, get this, of the World Toilet Association. Yes, no, I know. BBC Three Counties. The first for News.
15: Faith. I'm faith. To the, so deep, the river so deep I must be looking for something looking for something. something sacred I lost. I lost But the river is wide, and, wide. and it's too hard, to too hard to cross Even though I know the river is wide I walk down every evening and stand on the shore I try to cross to the opposite side So I can finally find what I've been looking for In the middle of the night I go walking in my sleep through the valley of, fear, valley of fear to a river so deep, river so deep. I'm in search of a i what it is I've been looking for In the middle of the night I go walking in my sleep Through the jungle of down To the river so deep I know I'm searching for something Something so undefined That it can only be seen By the eyes In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep, through the desert of the truth, to the rivers of the We all end in the ocean, we all start in the streams.
0: It's Billy Joel I thought he got a bit silly around this, this stage I like a bit of early Billy Joel But uh, the River of Dreams I'm going to say I like it that's uh, Paul Scoyne, political reporter there. You like it? Yeah, I'm
16: yeah. a fan of Billy Joel.
0: Yeah. I, I'm a fan of Billy Joel. Or as I like to call him, Billy Joel. Oh. Well, I don't know if it was correct. But I like the earlier, I'm an Innocent Man, Piano Man, those
16: I, two. I liked River, river of the Night, because he was playing a piano on a...
0: Did on he do a p- song called River of the Night as well? River of the...
16: River of the yeah. Because this I, one's called River of Dreams, I don't I'm know... Sorry.
0: You've instantly invalidated everything you're about to talk about now. Geez, the BBC really is falling. The wheels <laughs> the wheels are falling off the BBC gravy train everywhere. <laughs> Let's go and move on. It's less than a month to go. This is serious. It's less than a month to go until the Police and Crime Commissioner uh, elections in beds, huts and the Thames Valley Police Regions. I believe it's happening on November 5 plus 10. Is that correct? <laughs> That's correct. Okay, yes. right. Uh, the commissioners will head the force, but they won't be in charge of the day-to-day policing decisions. Last night saw the final debate of our local forces on BBC Three Counties Radio. Those candidates are from Hertfordshire. Uh, Paul Scoynes, political reporter, you were listening to the debate. Who was there,
16: eventually? Well, eventually, yes. We've got four candidates. Sherma Batson from Labour, David Lloyd from the Conservatives, Christopher Townsend from the Lib Dems, and Marion Mason from UKIP, who only announced that she was standing on Friday. And uh, Marion, sadly, was uh, was was delayed in traffic up until about 10 to 7. Ooh. So we have only a few clips of her. But, um, yes, they, they have a fairly robust debate and uh, they picked across some of the issues facing Hartford. This is the first one, of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong,
0: where they are all politicians <laughs> yes, because we've had some that have, have been military background or
16: of yeah. different backgrounds. Does that mean they're going to interfere with the Chief Constable all the time? Well you'd think so um, because of the sort of general nature of politicians but we asked that Question to the candidates, and Lib Dem Christopher Townsend first.
17: The last thing the chief constable is, needs is 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 some politician telling him how to do his job. I think it's important to make sure that you reflect people's people's concerns and raise them with him. But my general view is that if if the chief constable is doing a good job, that, there's no reason why the leader, the PCC should have a different policy every week or,
16: or a change, different changes. Now, this is uh, Labour's Shermer Batson, and she said it was about letting the police do their job.
18: Really, the, the, the chief constable needs to be able to get on with his operational job, um, but there is, there is definitely an opportunity for really close ties in partnership working, not just with him, but with all the other agencies that are involved in crime prevention, actually prevent it from happening, getting people involved in that as well. But having said that, um, politics have been involved in this, in this situation for years, even with the police authority, because more than half the members on the authority are politicians.
16: Although that will change now, because they're going to have police and crime panels, and they'll be mostly politicians in this case. Anyway, David Lloyd, who's the Tory and currently the chair of the police authority, he says he's already working well with the forces. One of the the
19: dangers we've got in this sort of debate is we forget what this role is about, and the really exciting bit, the big thing about it, is the crime reduction end. Um, It isn't about telling the police where they should be putting police officers a police and crime commissioner with that mandate brings together the various partner organizations so much better
0: well there's there's been plans on the cards for quite a while and privatization of the police in hearts using uh, the comedy security group g4s do you remember
16: those guys they were funny uh, to do kind of uh, some of the back office stuff what's the position of the candidates on this well they all had fairly differing views in Shema batson from labour wanted to avoid outsourcing altogether
18: I do believe that cutting, cutting police officers is going to actually have a real um, negative effect on the, the safety of our communities in the future. I do believe that a company like G4S won't actually provide the kind of service that is needed because the, the, the staff who work um, behind those officers on the, on, the, on the street are very dedicated people, very highly skilled and experienced.
16: Uh, experienced. St- experienced. Sorry, uh, that was a bad edit yes. from me. Uh, Christopher Townsend of the Lib Dems says he's prepared to give the idea the benefit of the doubt.
17: I think they've got to show whether they can be trusted. I know the easy answer here. The easy answer is no. We can't trust them. They, they've they've mucked up. They've mucked up in, internationally in terms of the reputation of our country. And I think we're all rightly very disappointed about that. But at the end of the day, it's a commercial enterprise. They may come back to the table, they may improve, they may get better. I think they should use this as an opportunity to improve their service.
16: And David Lloyd, though, who has in some ways been part of the creation of the idea, of was part of the police authority, says mm. the concept's been misunderstood. And actually, who cares who does the police's admin? The
19: reason you need to bring in a private company not necessarily g4s i underline that but the reason you need to bring in a private company is to be able to free up sufficient savings that you can keep officers on the front line and that the places you look to taking them out are from middle and senior management and the back office frankly whether or not the payroll is run by a private company or a warranted officer most people wouldn't care
20: well,
0: I'm not sure if, if I'm not sure if that's true, but anyway, well, we should mention, uh, I, I keep going to say Marilyn Manson, and I must... <coughs> I, I can't... Marion Mason, Marion Mason from UKIP, you said she was 50 minutes late. Yes. Did she manage
16: to, to, to say anything useful in that last 10 minutes? She did. Um, Roberta was able to ask her a couple of questions about what she thought, and she told us a bit about herself and why she thought she was qualified.
21: Well, I've lived in Hertfordshire for well over 40 years, and uh, as a nurse I've worked in the public and NHS and the private sector, so... I've been a, I was a counsellor for 11 years in Stevenage too. I would say that uh, my background with people, knowing what the local people want, that would certainly help. Um, I'm used to business. I've, I have ran a small business for several years. So budgeting, finance, etc. That's part and parcel. I was manager of a nursing home. That's all intricate. Mm,
0: very intricate. Well, there we go. Those are the candidates. So, what what, what happens now? The Roberto's doing a show next week where they're all on.
16: Ooh, no, no, that's it now. That's it, done. Right. Uh, we've got next Monday, I think there's a special Inside Out programme on BBC right. One, okay. and then we'll do something the following day uh, with a sort of maybe a, a phone-in uh, which will go out across all of local radio at that point, but we'll be looking at that, you know, as a as a user of the force. But
0: November the 15th,
16: yeah. that's when the election is. That's when the election is, and we'll know on November the 22nd who our candidate will okay. be. Well, I've got that date in my diary. You can see all of the candidates
0: standing in beds, hearts and bucks on our website, plus you can find out what on earth the Police and Crime Commissioner will do with uh, some uh, handy guides. bbc.co.uk uh, forward slash three counties. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, let's have a quick look, shall we? I think we've got time to have a quick look at some of the front pages of the newspapers. They've just come in. It's the first time I've got to see them. Um, the Daily Telegraph for sale... An EU licence for faulty medical implants. Telegraph reporters go undercover to expose unscrupulous regulators who put um, British patients at risk. Nearly all of the, It mentions the Savile uh, Panorama show as nearly all of the newspapers do this morning. Uh, Badger Cull on The Guardian. Badger Cull delayed as costs force rethink by ministers. Um, and in court, a man accused of Cardiff Hidden run, and of course there's more on the Savile story there. The Independent, the front page, that so Director General, who did fix it for the Savile investigation to be dropped? And when will the BBC tell the whole truth uh, about this scandal? The Times, chance to make Savile face justice was missed um, and is the White House calling uh, Grandpa, there we go, that's Mitt Romney um, The Daily Express Millions must work forever Retirement now impossible due to pension crisis Brilliance. The Daily Mail enjoying the chance to get the uh the bread knife and stick it repeatedly into the uh, BBC. The Savile's victims to sue for millions. The Daily Mirror stop taunting me and confess to killing my precious girl. Exclusive mum's heartbreaking plea. Uh, and this front page of the Sun. Savile, BBC's abuse of your licence fee. Viewer's dismay. Newsnight lies. Panorama piles pressure on bosses. I am asking kind of as a, uh, just a personal aside. Although I do work for the BBC, it's only my fifth week. And, I, and you know, I, I kind of I do other things as well, so I, I feel slightly separate from this. Are you interested in the BBC, us, talking about a BBC programme, Panorama, that was investigating a BBC programme Newsnight? Are you interested, or do you think we're falling down the rabbit hole? We're gazing too much at our own navels. Could you send me a little text? 81333, starting your text 3CR, yes or no? Are you interested in the BBC analysing the BBC so publicly? Or are you, uh, things think it's a little bit self-indulgent? Just for my own personal curiosity. Travel news now,
4: Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio
5: starting to look a little bit busy on the motorways at the moment, anti-clockwise on the M25 usual delays starting to build up around Junction 21 at the M1 and on the A405, North Orbital Road as well, getting particularly heavy approaching the M25 Junction 21 A roundabouts, while heading south on the A1, that's the Barnet Bypass, it is looking particularly tricky at the moment, just between the Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass usual delays for this time in the morning and elsewhere on the trains, so don't forget we are having a little bit of disruption on London Midland services coming down from the north into the area so do check before you travel this morning everything else though not looking too bad at all sophie taylor bbc three counties radio
0: thank you sophie good morning it's 6 45 it's tuesday october the 23rd these are your headlines this morning on bbc three counties radio the jimmy savile stoke mandeville hospital trust is being shut down in the wake of child abuse allegations against the late dj South Yorkshire Police has given the Independent Police Complaints Commission more than 1,400 names of officers who were working during the Hillsborough disaster, or may know something about the subsequent investigations. In sport, after being stripped of his seven Tour de France titles yesterday, Lance Armstrong is now being asked to pay back millions of dollars worth of prize money bonuses. The weather today Beds, hearts and barks. Mist and fog will clear slowly to give us a cloudy day with brighter spells in the afternoon. Top temperature is 16 degrees. And coming up, is the Story of the year, dear listener. A woman in Bedford is campaigning for the toilet facilities next to her shop to be reopened after the Borough Council closed them down earlier this year. Before seven, we'll speak to a founding member of the World Toilet Organisation, the WTO.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from 9, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's
14: National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Chris was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 1996.
6: I kept telling myself, Chris, keep positive. You're going to beat this.
14: How did you feel?
6: If I hadn't gone for that x-ray, I'd sometimes sit and
1: wonder what would be today's prognosis. Jonathan Vernon-Smith.
14: No matter what journey women go on when they have breast cancer, of course, the most important thing is that you get rid of that cancer and thankfully, 16 years, on, you're with us and you've got rid of it.
1: Jonathan Vernon-Smith weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Did you hear Jonathan yesterday? He was on fire yesterday. I was in the car listening to him. He was on cracking form. Always worth a listen. Straight after this show, nine o'clock, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lose. We're talking Lose. After the overtones.
22: Yeah, it's all. So- I've cried in vain Yeah, you promised But you never, ever change No, no Feel like you never noticed me Never saw my face Standing in the corner Trying to get some grace Where's the over I'm in a better place I'm gonna let the lights around me Stop to think about what we had Ain't it such a shame And catch some grace, but it's all over. So
0: Loving the sound. If you want to give us a call this morning about any of the stories we're talking about, um, or any that you think we should be talking about, you can do 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. Now, if you're like me, I need to go, I need to do a week, like all the time. I do, not now. Well, I do actually now. I'm saying that, but I, 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 quite a lot. And if I'm in town and I can't find a public toilet, it's not good. It's not good news. Where would you go? I know I've got my options. Uh, Maureen Kerry, who manages the... uh, Kerry or Cherry? I think it's Kerry. Kerry. We'll say Kerry and then we'll find out if it's wrong and I'll I'll apologise later on. Um, uh, manages the art Centre and Gallery in Bedford, is campaigning for public toilets next to her shop and in Queen Street, Silver Street and Riverside Square, Bedford, to be reopened. The Borough Council closed them down earlier this year. Maureen's collected almost 2,000 signatures on a petition. Well, Professor Clara Greed is from the British Toilet Association and a founding member of the World Toilet Organisation. Good morning, Professor. Oh, good morning. Uh, I'd never heard of these organisations before. How, how long have they been around and, and what do they do? Well, the
21: British Toilet Association, has been around for over t- 20 years and it and it campaigns for better public toilets in, in Britain because over 40% of public toilets have been closed during the last 10 years.
0: Now I, I would imagine, and bearing in mind we've got young ears listening, there are two reasons they've been closed. One I would guess is money and one is because some people do naughty things in toilets. <laughs>
21: Well, I think there's more to it. Um, In terms of money, there's no statutory requirement that local authorities have to provide toilets. But on the other hand, we are all paying for them indirectly through our rates and taxes. And on the other issue that you mentioned about antisocial behaviour, if we restored toilet attendance, Mm. this this would solve a lot of problems. And also, if a lot of the buildings look neglected, people are more likely to vandalise them than if they're well cared for. So I, I think blaming is just very unfortunate because there's antisocial behaviour. The people that still need the toilets... Mm,
23: you know,
21: the, the police often say, oh, and the government often says, oh, well, the way to solve the problems in public toilets is just to close the toilets down. It but does seem a little unfair. Everybody else is affected.
0: It, w- it, vandalism wasn't the naughty behaviour I was talking well, about. Well, there's a sexual we're, we're, goings we're, on as well. I mean, yes, we all know
21: there's all sorts of stuff that go, on in to- things yes. that go on in toilets, particularly gents' toilets.
0: Apparently so. This is the rumour that I've heard. Is, it, is there a consistency across councils in the provisions of public services like toilets?
21: Well, some to- some local authorities are very, very much better than others. For example, Evesham and Cambridgeshire and Kerry in North Wales. They're very good. And so some local authorities manage to keep their toilets open, although they're under the same funding regime as others. I think it's a matter of political will and and. Social awareness, really. I can't
0: go to North Wales every time I need a wee wee. No, That's a
21: long, long way to go. Yes, but, it, it, but it's, it seems to be the areas where there's masses of people. You know, London and a lot of the seaside resorts and places, market towns, where they're closing them. What it's happened, just... Clara?
0: T- I, I'm old enough to remember spending a penny, literally, where yeah. you go and put a penny in the slot. I'm that old. Why, 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 why that seems seems to work, didn't it? Surely that money would keep toilets ticking over.
21: Well, not necessarily. I mean, that was actually repealed all oh, about late ninet. 19- late 1960s, I think it Oh, maybe it was. I don't remember it then. No, but, but but you might remember something else, which is that some toilets, you ha- there are some toilets where you have to pay to use the toilets, and they're not local authority ones. They're usually sort of franchised out to private providers, and they've been around for about 20 years, and also you find them in railway stations, because oh. railway stations aren't governed by the same laws as ordinary public toilets. There's always
0: that problem, they only take 20 pence pieces, and you're oh, scrambling no. around. That's a nightmare. Well,
21: it's a nightmare for everyone, because um, particularly foreigners, which are going to get an awful, lot, you know, tourists and what, not you're going to get an awful lot of in. Um,
0: I'm not worried about t- t- tourists using the toilets, <laughs> Professor, it's me!
21: Yeah, well, everybody needs a toilet. That's and it's true. A sort of
23: basic. Even the Queen.
21: It's a, well, it, everybody, it, everybody's got to go sometime. It's a basic human right, but for some reason it's ignored. And I've always argued that if you want to create sustainable cities and get people out of their cars and back onto public transport, cycling and walking, then toilets are an absolutely essential local facility.
0: Professor, can I tell you what I hate? I absolutely hate. Those loose oh, those yeah. those big brown cubicles, where they disgust me.
21: But the, the Tardis or the TURDIS, as they're sometimes oh, called. God,
0: professor, you're very naughty.
21: Oh, well, this is, you can't help it with this subject. You've no. got to laugh at it. It's a deadly serious subject, <laughs> <something, laughs> but you've got to laugh. But these things scare, scare. Everybody. Yep. And um, also they're quite expensive. And, pe- and there are stories of them. At, uh, there's one in Newcastle on time that actually exploded. The ro- they're like a sort of pressure cooker and a sort of thing came out the top. They're really, really scary and very oh. expensive. And environmentally they use masses of water. And also, they're just not practical in areas where you've got a large number of users. You get great long Professor, we so have
0: to move on very quickly. Is there anything that we can do as the public to get the councils to, to reopen these toilets?
21: Well, I think you need to do basic things like writing to your councillor, writing to your MP, complaining in the local newspapers, yep. and also that the, we have had one of those um, online um, petitions, we need the loo. Yep. You know, if you get uh, 100,000...
0: You need a 100,000 signatures. How many signatures have you had?
21: I'm not sure... No, but Wendy, or oh, you don't know Wendy. Wendy I don't is know Wendy is in charge of this. But just go onto the Google Internet-y thing, and you should find a petition. <laughs> Are
23: you really a
19: professor?
21: Yes, I am. <laughs> but well, well, I mean, uh, you, you, this is a deadly serious.
23: Issue, no, you're but, right.
21: But you see,
0: <laughs> just ask Wendy. <laughs>
21: My life has always been about the real issues. I started off as a town planner and I've always been so about real human beings, yes. you see. People walking around, going on public transport, oh. using post offices, going to toilets, people with children, elderly people, disabled people, women. So, I mean, it, all human life is there, as oh, they used to say.
0: Professor, we have to move on. What, what an absolute joy it was to speak to you. Professor Clara agreed there, suggesting we go on the Google Internet thingy. If you miss that phone call, that'll be an audio boo. Wonderful. Where are the best and worst public loos in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, please?
24: Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came Down in the hollow Playing a new game Laughing and running, hey, hey Skipping and jumping In the misty morning Fog with our... My heart's still thumping and you, my brown-eyed girl And you, my brown-eyed girl And whatever happened to Tuesday and so slow Gone down the old man with a transistor radio Hiding high the a rainbow's wall Slipping and sliding All along the waterfall with you My brown-eyed girl And you, my brown-eyed girl Do you remember when We used to sing sha la Da. Just like that, sha la 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 da.
0: There we go, Van Morrison. Can you give us a call? 08459 five nine four Let's find the best and the worst lose in the three counties, shall we?
4: got shocking news about one in St Albans and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio
5: anti-clockwise on the m25 one lane is currently closed and there's queuing traffic following a multi-vehicle accident between junction 26 at waltham abbey and 25 at the a10 for enfield also looking fairly slow around junction 21 at the moment for the m1 and again around 16 at the m40 usual delays for this time in the morning also looking very very slow on the a405 at north Auto road approaching the m25 junction 21a roundabout and southbound on the barnet bypass usual delays still in place between Stirling corner and the watford bypass everything else not looking too bad right now sophie tyler bbc three counties radio
0: thank you sophie we're a little bit late but i think it was worth it for that professor paul faulkner has tweeted there are two public toilets i know of in st albans that were closed and have been turned into italian restaurants oh i don't know i don't think so
4: really getting beds hearts and bugs talking
1: this is bbc three counties radio
11: morning, it's seven o'clock, I'm Catherine Boyle. The headline, Savile Charity shut down, 1,400 officers named in Hillsborough Probe, and hospitals' future remains unclear. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down in the wake of allegations the late DJ abused children. Its trustees, along with those of its sister charity, the Jimmy Savile Charitable Trust, met to discuss its future yesterday but decided a name change wouldn't go far enough. A statement released this morning reads, the trustees feel that whatever new name they may adopt, the charities will always be linked in the public's mind with the late Jimmy Savile. Funds from the Trust will now be distributed to other charities who may or may not disclose the donations. The BBC's Director General, George Entwistle, will be questioned by a committee of MPs today about the Jimmy Savile sex abuse scandal. Mr Entwistle was head of BBC Television when Newsnight dropped an investigation into the claims and the BBC broadcast tribute programmes. In other news, South Yorkshire Police has given the Independent Police Complaints Commission more than 1,400 names of officers who were working during the Hillsborough disaster or may know something about the subsequent investigations. The figure emerged in the House of Commons last night, as Chris Mason reports.
14: With more than 1,400 names to look at, including the identities of 304 police officers who are still serving, many MPs are worried that the IPCC doesn't have enough staff to deal with such a big inquiry. One MP, Labour's Maria Eagle, also told the Commons she had evidence that the Chief Constable of West Yorkshire, Sir Norman Betterson, was involved at the time in trying to concoct a story that all the Liverpool fans were drunk. Sir Norman has yet to respond to the allegation, but has always denied any involvement in a cover-up.
11: Her mother says staff shortages at Bedford Hospital left her with little option but to pay £200 for her newborn baby to have a corrective procedure. Rachel Rogan's son Jack was born severely tongue-tied and couldn't be breastfed or use a bottle. She says instead of waiting four days for the hospital to do the procedure, she paid for a private consultant so her son could feed properly.
10: The midwives did say to us, you know, for 100% percent tongue tie, we would consider this to be an urgent procedure, for it not to be able to be performed before four days. When a child is probably at its most vulnerable A newborn child, I think that's quite a worry.
11: Bedford Hospital NHS Trust says minor care is not being affected by staff shortages, but it's planning to train midwives and neonatal nurses to perform the tongue-tie procedure on the maternity ward in future. Campaigners trying to save a hospital in Bedfordshire have been told that no decision's been made about its future. Biggleswade Hospital has 29 beds and costs over a million pounds a year to run. A petition signed by over 6,000 people who want it to remain open was handed over yesterday. In sport, after being stripped of his seven Tour de France titles yesterday, Lance Armstrong's now being asked to pay back prize money and bonuses, amounting to millions of dollars. The weather, mist and fog will clear slowly to give us a cloudy day with brighter spells this afternoon. Top temperature today. 16 degrees Celsius, that's 61 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news.
0: If you missed the first hour of the show, oh dear. Seriously, you missed some cracking stuff, including the professor from the the, the British Toilet Organisation, or whatever they're called. Wonderful. We'll put that out as an audio boom you go to the Facebook page, go to Facebook, find BBC Three Counties, it'll be up there shortly. we will also tweet it, at BBC3CR and at Ian Lee. Coming up in this hour of the show, plenty of stuff including Jimmy Savile charity based in Stoke Mandeville is to close. Public toilets, it's, it's happening, we're talking about it, there is a campaign for more public toilets in Bedford. I want to find the best and worst places in Beds, hearts and bucks for public loos. And apparently, according to the AA, car insurance is coming down in price. I don't believe a word of it. I don't believe a word of it. Is yours going up or down? Can we find the person who's paying the lowest and the person who is paying the highest car insurance listening to this? You can get in touch by texting 81333, starting your text 3CR, or give us a call 08459 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, three weeks ago, we heard from a Milton Keynes woman. Uh, who was campaigning for a crossing on Marlborough Street to be made safer. It was after a 13-year-old girl was seriously injured after being hit by a car on the way to school. Ros Dean wanted the speed limit reducing and for the crossing to be improved. This is what she asked the council to do.
5: Just look into it at the end of the day, change the speed limit down. There's no need for it to be 60 around houses and estates and roads and things like that. It's dangerous where there's children and people crossing the road. I mean, there's no underpass here. Mm. It really needs to be looked into and, you know, please answer me. Answer my emails and calls.
0: we followed this up and uh, we'll have an update a bit later on. We'll hear from Ros and uh, the council in the next half an hour. Um, Jen of Houghton Regis has texted in 81333 starting a text 3CR The public toilets in the centre of Dunstable have been closed for a long time. I'm getting a real glimpse into your life, and This means a long trek either from Wilkinson's car park or uh, to Asda. Uh, not easy on crutches. Oh, dear. I suspect I'm not the only one creeping into the coffee shop. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I get really... I certainly couldn't go into a pub just on the premise of using their toilets. Uh, and coffee shops... No, The, the McDonald's and, and Burger Kings and places like that, if they've got a loo... I quite often uh, do that. And I, I do it by pretending I'm on my mobile phone. So I hold my phone up to my ear. Yeah, where are you? are downstairs, are you? Okay, I'm coming down to find you. There's no one on the phone. It's me pretending. And then I go for the loo. And then I, 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 still, then I don't just walk out all like, hey, yeah, I've done a wee in your toilet. What are you going to do about it, Ronald? I then go, oh, you're not here, right. Okay, well, I'll, I'll come out in the street and find you. Terrible. wait, 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is to come to an end. Trustees from that charity, as well as representatives from the Jimmy Savile Charitable Trust, met last night to discuss the future. They had considered changing their names, but the trustees felt that whatever new name they adopted, uh, they would always be linked with the late TV presenter. No future requests for funding will be considered. Meanwhile, the BBC's Director General, George Emwistle, will be questioned by uh, MPs today. Members of the Commons, Culture, Media and Sport Committee may ask him about why, as head of BBC Television, he gave a go-ahead for the screening of tribute programmes to Savile and uh, about what he was told of an aborted Newsnight investigation into the presenter's behaviour. Well, last night, the BBC's Panorama programme investigated the decision not to run that report. Karen Ward was the first person to be recorded by the Newsnight team to talk about the abuse that she suffered.
25: I can't believe that I allowed such things to happen, that I didn't immediately rush and scream it from the rooftops, make this stop, just make it stop. But I didn't. none of us did. I just carried on, lulled into a kind of false sense of that's how these things have to be. That's what we're for.
0: The editorial reasons given for Newsnight dropping the Savile report are now said by the BBC to have been incomplete and inaccurate. And after Panorama, the BBC has gone further, admitting that claims that Newsnight set out to look merely into the police's investigation and not the claims of abuse were also wrong. In the Panorama programme, a former BBC editor, Kevin Marsh, said he
26: didn't believe Newsnight was forced to drop the report. The allegation here, or the charge here, is not that a bad editorial decision was made, Uh, The charge is that the film, a film that was ready to go, I don't believe that's the case, was pulled, killed, completely eradicated because of pressure from the top on account of the, the, the several Tributes. Now, that's the allegation, and that, as far as I can establish, is simply not true.
0: In uh, in the Panorama program, the broadcaster, Paul Gambaccini, said Jimmy Savile got away with what he did, partly because society generally found it hard to believe that such a thing could be happening. This horror, for that is what it
14: was, took place while all of society was watching. But because it was off the scale of everybody's belief system, they didn't really come to terms with it. So there we go. I've not seen the Panorama
0: programme. If you did, maybe you'd like to share your thoughts. I saw the first 15-20 minutes this morning. I shall watch the re- rest later on today. I am aware, though, as I'm, I'm still kind of quite new within the BBC, and I don't I, I do other bits and pieces. I, I consider myself slightly separate from the BBC. Although, at this very second, I'm, of course, their mouthpiece. Are we banging on about the bbc too much do you think as, as a listener do you think that we we're in danger of disappearing into our own navels by us being a bbc show talking about a bbc show that investigated a bbc show that was investigating a bbc star d- 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 do you see what i mean i, I just i listened to, to five live uh, a little bit yesterday and there were people kind of s- texting in saying boring, boring now i genuinely find this fascinating i genuinely find it fascinating I just wondered if you did. Could you send us a little text, 81333, starting your text 3CR? Or give us a call, 08459 555 and let me know. Or you can uh, tweet me, at Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E, um, and you could let us know. 08459 555 is the telephone number. Should we have a quick look at some of the front pages of the newspapers? I think we ought. Ah, Let's have a little look. The t- a lot of it's Savile. A lot of it is Savile, as, as you can imagine. If you did see that show last night, could you give us a call and let me know what you thought of it? The Times. Chance to make Savile face justice was missed. Cameron attacks BBC as editor stands aside. Police identified four alleged victims of sex abuse by Jimmy Savile during a two-year investigation, but prosecutors declined to put him on trial. It emerged last night. Uh, The Guardian. Um, The the Guardian leading with a, a story that is interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily... The the, the big thing. Brian May would disagree, of course. Badger cull delayed as costs force rethink by ministers. Worries over effectiveness and legal challenges lead to U-turn. Is is that really a front-page story? The Badgers? I know there are some people that are very passionate about it, very upset. But the front page story, Brian May will be rubbing his hands with glee and about to play a very long and slightly self-indulgent guitar solo, no doubt, as a a mark of celebration. But um, I'm not convinced. The Independent. So, Director General, who did fix it for the uh, uh, the Savile investigation to be dropped? And when will the BBC tell the truth about this scandal? Uh, And there's this amazing story in Italy. This is incredible. I heard this yesterday and, 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 and could not believe it. Scientists are jailed for six years for failing to predict 2009 earthquake. Six years. The Telegraph, for sale an EU licence for faulty medical implants. Uh, the Express, millions must work forever. Retirement now impossible due to pensions crisis. The Daily Mirror. Letter to kill a cabbie. Stop taunting me and confess to killing my precious girl. Uh, the Sum. Savile's BB- BBC's abuse of your licence fee. And the Daily Mail, of course. Savile's victims to sue for millions. There's a brilliant story in the mail today. Brilliant story. Sorry, they're just not our type of people. Hotel's sniffy email about wedding couple is accidentally sent to bride. This is cracking. Uh, this couple, like any bride-to-be, Pauline Bailey was thrilled when she finally found her dream wedding venue. It's like a really posh, swanky hotel. They're dead excited about it, this couple. Then one of the staff at the, the, the venue thought, do you know what, this couple, they're not really of the calibre that we'd like to have here at this, at this venue. So she sent an email to her boss saying, hi Carlo, need your advice on this wedding. I know this probably doesn't sound very nice, but I'm trying to put this wedding off as I don't think they are the type of people that we'd want to have at Stoke Park. I spoke to the bride yesterday as she was inquiring about availability I've put her off by now By telling her the dates that she's looking at are not available But she's asked me if I can get back to her with available dates Around the end of June Help! Three exclamation marks Signed Michelle Sent that to her boss She also sent it to the couple She also sent it to the couple Can you believe that? How awkward is that? Have you ever It's happened to me I've sent emails to people that were My wife was sent an email... I have to be careful how I phrase this, okay? She was selling a flat. This was years ago. She was sent an email entitled Funny, Butch, and then uh, a, a rude word for lesbians. And it was pictures of funny, butch, a rude word for lesbians. And uh, she showed it to me, and she said, what do you think I should do? I, I said she should complain like billy And get some form of compensation She didn't, she just wrote back to the estate agent And said, "Um, I think you may have sent this to me by mistake And the woman's (laughs) The woman estate agent, it was a woman Wrote back saying, terribly sorry, this was an internal matter I do apologise This was an internal matter Have you ever sent or received An email or a text That you did not mean to do I've done it, I sent a furious, ranty email To a friend of mine I didn't send it to a friend of mine, I sent it to someone really high up At Channel 4, it was about them and you wonder why my TV career faltered ever so slightly. 08459 455 555. Do let me know. Be honest. Travel News Now, here's Sophie
4: Tyler. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio
5: anti-clockwise on the M25. It's currently blocked with stationary traffic at Junction 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Congestion is back to 26 at the moment. This is still following an earlier accident and it looks like anti-clockwise as well between Junction 21 at the M1 and 19 at Watford. It is still looking particularly slow and again between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. And it's also looking fairly slow as well on the A405 North Orbital Road approaching the M25 at Junction 21A Roundabout and heading south on the Barnet Bypass as well. A little bit tricky between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else not looking too bad at all right now. Seems to be holding up fairly well. And don't forget the trains aren't looking too bad at all either. But do be aware there may be some disruption on London Midland services heading into the area from the north. That's the latest. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you, Sophie. Good morning, it's 7.15, it's Tuesday the 23rd of October. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down in the wake of child abuse allegations against the late DJ former England manager Sven-Goran Eriksson and Coronation Street actress Shobna Gulati are among four people set to take legal action against the Daily Mail uh, Daily Mirror excuse me take action against the Daily Mirror over alleged phone hacking in sport after being stripped of his seven Tour de France titles yesterday Lance Armstrong is now being asked to pay back millions of dollars of prize money and bonuses weather coming up shortly with Jim and also a few weeks ago we told you about uh, Margaret from Milton Keynes who witnessed a near fatal road accident just after it happened as she realised the person involved was her daughter. Well, we'll be speaking to Margaret to find out how her daughter's doing just before 7.30.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday afternoon from 3, Roberto Peroni.
13: What did you see? Um, I was walking across Clare Marina. I spotted this lion. There's no doubt
27: about it.
19: Oh, come off it, (laughs) Stephen.
13: How do you know it was a lion? Might it not have been a really fat cat? Roberto Peroni. (laughs) Put your hand on your heart. Uh, Yep. You swear to me that what you saw was a lion in Bedford. I swear by the almighty that I saw a lion. Roberto
1: Peroni. Weekdays from 3 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Just excuse me for a second, I'm... I'm, uh, I've brought a flask in, it's a very big flask it contains five huge mugs of tea and I'm just, um, excuse me I do apologise, it's rude I know, but I'm, I'm enjoying the indulgence uh, of having a flask 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, if you want to uh, give us a call, you can text as well, 81333, starting your text, 3CR uh, or email, 3cr at bbc.co.uk I love that story about, um the, 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 the wedding company the the, the venue sending uh, a, the, an email to the meant for her boss saying, we don't, we don't want this couple in they're not up to our standards they're not quite up to our standards um, but then sending it to that couple if you've ever uh, sent an email to the wrong person or a text we've all done, we've all done it We've all done it. Could you give us a call? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, I've been asking about this this, this Panorama show uh, last night, which was about the BBC investigating the BBC, and now we're discussing it. Are we in danger of disappearing up our own backsides? At the BBC. Kate, Irons- uh, uh, Kate Ironside, sorry, is a journalism lecturer from University of Bedfordshire. I'm having trouble speaking this morning, Kate. The excitement of having a flask of tea has got to me, I think.
28: Oh, we all have
0: those moments, don't <laughs> we, It's not good when I'm presenting a blooming radio show. Kate, you, <laughs> listen, you have me uh, as a disadvantage. I didn't see the show last night. It was too late. I've seen about the first 20 minutes this morning. What did you make of it as, as, as a programme?
28: I thought it was a very good programme, and I thought the BBC was absolutely right to show it. Um, I think, given the scale of the abuse that Savile was responsible for, uh, the BBC had to demonstrate what it had unearthed. It also had to demonstrate why that Newsnight investigation was never broadcast in its original form. Mm. I mean, obviously, we got much of it last night. Actually, I thought some of the interesting things looking at it is if you had been in the shoes of the editor of Newsnight, it was not actually an automatically easy call. Um, If you contemplate, you had... What evidence did he have? He had that... Harrowing interview Mm. on the record with one victim and then three other victims who would not go on the record who would not go on camera and he had the fact that the police had investigated but couldn't find enough evidence to prosecute um so it wasn't as straightforward a call um, as is being made out. But in that case, um, Kate,
0: instead of, instead of pulling it, surely you should have said, this is good, I need more, go away and come back in a, mm. in a, um, in a month.
28: That that possibly, yes. Um, but, you also have to look at, you can flip it round, and say, well hang on a minute, are we about to smear an elderly man, mm. who has contributed a great deal, um, and who has only just died Mm. isn't this going to be seen as gratuitously offensive? Of course the tragedy is we know that that original Newsnight investigation exposing uh, his abuse was absolutely spot on Mm. Peter Rippon made the wrong call but editorially it actually wasn't as straightforward as it might have seemed. but now obviously with hindsight he must be absolutely gutted. And precisely because of the severity of it, it was right for the BBC to demonstrate, look, this is what we did, why we did it. And, oh, my goodness... We're so sorry. It was the wrong call. Kate, very um, quick, very
0: quickly, uh, because we're running out of time. and I, I find this whole thing fascinating. I'm wondering if if everyone else does find it fascinating. We are a BBC program talking about a BBC program that investigated a BBC program that investigated a BBC celebrity. Are we in danger of disappearing up our own backsides here?
28: I think no simply because the sca- we're not talking about a little bit of um, pilfering, a little bit of drinking on the side. We are talking about wide-scale, serious abuse of children. And I think uh, all elements of that have to be investigated. And likewise, the NHS has a huge amount to answer for. Mm. What was it doing giving Jimmy Savile such access to such vulnerable people, the uh, people who ran that uh, girls' school? Mm. Have huge questions to answer, and I think all all those who ran those premises, where those abuse happened, have to step up and say, "Hang on, where did we go wrong?"
0: Kate, listen, I, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much, Kate Ironside. She's a journalism lecturer at the University of Bedfordshire. Uh, right, it's seven twenty-two almost. Let's get the weather now with Jim Bacon. <music>
9: Well, dull and misty out there this morning again, I'm afraid. Uh, a bit of dampness as well, a spot or two of rain or drizzle here and there, but nothing very uh, very much in quantity. I think the main problem is the poor visibilities this morning. They'll stay with us till the middle of the morning in some places. It's uh, it's not the densest fog we've seen this uh, this autumn, but I think it will be fairly widespread right across three counties in the north, uh, Bedfordshire, north Buckinghamshire. As you move further south through Buckinghamshire and into parts of Hertfordshire, visibilities are somewhat better. It's a sort of a misty look to things rather than a foggy look but it does mean a dull grey day for many of us. I I think by this afternoon, the mist and the fog should have lifted into low cloud, and after clinging to the treetops for a while, it will eventually uh, turn a little bit brighter this afternoon. Now, I don't expect great amounts of sunshine, but if the sun were to break through, this really is very warm air indeed, and it could become much better than the 16 Celsius that I think most of three counties will get up to. That's 61 Fahrenheit, by the way. Light north breeze, and tonight, rather cloudy again, some mist and fog returning, the odd spotter to a drizzle, minimum temperatures like last night 11 or 12 celsius and that light wind from the northeast more of the same i think for wednesday slowly improving visibilities possibly becoming much clearer air late in the day as we head into wednesday night Uh, and then thursday rather cloudy as a front approaches us from the north that'll bring some patchy rain but by the time we get to the end of the week friday saturday it's looking much colder brighter but much colder daytime temperatures struggling to get up to 10 celsius and at night times i'm afraid we'll have to start talking about frost and there we have it thank you very much sir just very quickly on the, the Twitter,
0: at BBC3CR or at Ian Lee. I'm asking, are you interested in the BBC? Talking about the BBC, talking about the BBC and the whole Jimmy Savile thing. Sean says, I'm interested, love a bit of drama. Uh, whereas Reboo Bridges, I'm sick to death of the whole Jimmy Savile thing. Can't get away from it. Just let the women get their cash. Uh, I mean, justice and forget it. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, a few weeks ago, we told you an incredible story about a woman from Milton Keynes who witnessed a near-fatal road accident. She drove past it, was on the bus, drove past it just after it happened and shortly realised that the person involved was, in fact, her daughter. Olivia Bowers was hit by a car as she crossed the road on the way to school and suffered serious injuries. But uh, we've got Olivia's mum, Margaret, on the line now. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. First question, how's Olivia doing? She's absolutely doing fantastic. Oh, great. Uh, well, how how is she? She she, she was in a, a medically induced coma wasn't she the last time we spoke?
29: Yeah, that's right. And at one point they had to put her in a complete coma and um, paralyze her.
0: Oh. Uh, but how is she now? She she's out of the coma. Is she uh, aware of what's going on?
29: Oh yes, yeah, she's completely aware. She's on Facebook. She texts oh. <laughs> me. Oh, there's <laughs> me being all
0: sensitive. And oh, she's on Facebook. She's Twitter. Oh, fair enough. Right, good um, for she her. She
29: texts me to tell me to hurry up if I'm late to come and see her in the hospital. So she's absolutely. She's. It's amazing how far she's. Put, you know, she's come along.
0: Is she going to have any lasting uh, injuries at all? Do we know?
29: Um, at present. At present, um, she actually is, she's on um, uh, medication for, she actually does have a blood clot on her leg, so she's on medication for that. Uh, She has a broken leg, and as far as a brain injury, she does have, still um, bruising on the brain. Right. That That sounds serious. It's um, it's actually is not as bad as what they thought it was, but it, that will go down. And she does the so part part of the brain where the doctors um explained to me front of the brain where it's to do with rationality and reasoning. That part on her brain isn't working, so she can't understand why she has to have medication, why this is happening. Okay. But um, in time, that sort of will all sort of come together. Will it really? So... Well, you must, as
0: a mum, you must be so relieved.
29: Yes, I am. Because
0: you were in a terrible state last time we spoke to
29: you. That's right, yeah. And at one point we nearly lost her, you know, the family were called in, yep. and it was abs- it was the worst, it was, you know, a parent's worst nightmare. How
0: has she coped with, with her injuries and being in hospital? She said, I mean, you say that the, the part of the brain that rationalises isn't quite functioning, but even as a normal teenager she must be getting frustrated. <laughs>
29: Yes, she absolutely hates it. <laughs> she can't she can't stand it there. She wants to come home. She can't understand um why she's been kept there. She says it's too noisy. and she doesn't
0: like the food. I I was going to say, are you sneaking in like roast dinners and Mackey D's and and Ginsters and stuff like that? Good for you. Well done. Yeah. Good for you. Now, the road where the crash happened is a national speed limit, and you're concerned that that Olivia's injuries, they could have been much worse, couldn't they? Yes.
29: Um, um, The car was actually only doing 22, so it it was um, on a... You know, which could, which, which um, you can go up to 60, but um, unfortunately she did sustain severe injuries because yeah. it's just the part where she actually hit the part of the car. So, you know, she's was, she was very, very, a very lucky girl.
0: We're, we're told that improvements are due to be made. Uh, yellow bollards will make the crossing more noticeable and the council is looking to reducing the speed limit. Do you, does that go far enough for you, Margaret?
29: I think it does. Um, it, uh, it does go a long way to help because if the, the you know the car had been doing sixty, she 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 really wouldn't be here. Oh, I doesn't even
0: bear thinking about, does it?
29: No. no, no.
0: So when when do they reckon she'll be out? Are they giving you a date?
29: <laughs> well, I had good news yesterday. I spoke to the doctor in the morning. Um, tomorrow, her dad's got to come to the hospital. Yeah. they're going to um, sort of around mid morning and try and see what she's like getting in and out of the car. Oh. If that goes well. Um, hopefully, in a couple of days, she'll be able to come home for a few hours, and then then go home. Then the next day, come home for a couple of hours. Go, then go back to the hospital, Brilliant. and then obviously, she, and then. Next, um, Hopefully she'll be home by the end of next week.
0: She'll have, obviously, a, a care package, yeah. meaning physio... Margaret, and- you, say, you say good news. You know you're going to have a stroppy teenager who's yes. going uh, you can't tell me off for that, Mum, I've injured my brain. I would, I would use that as an excuse like nobody's business. Oh, I know she's going to. You can't tell me off, I've got a bruise on my brain, Mum. Uh, no, I can't do the washing up, I'm not very well, I've been in the hospital. Listen, that's fantastic news, Margaret. Send her our best and, and, and I will uh, do. enjoy it when she comes back. Thank you very much. There we go, Margaret Bowers. uh, Her daughter, Olivia, is okay. But seriously, if I had an injury like that, oh, I would milk that for all it... Oh, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't, but I was in hospital last week. No, I can't make you a cup of tea. I've got a bruise on my brain. Excellent news there. Well done. Right, let's get the travel news
4: now. Let's go to Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio
5: southbound on the M1, still looking fairly slow at the moment with long delays between Junction 13 at Bedford and uh, Junction 10 at Luton Airport. Today's there of around half an hour I'm afraid. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's still queuing following the earlier accident which has now been moved to the hard shoulder. It's just around Junction 25 at the A10 for Enfield with congestion back to Waltham Abbey. It's also looking particularly tricky between 21 at the M1 and 19 at Watford and between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Now also looking tricky, Wade expects very slow at the moment on the A405 at North Orbital Road around Junction 21A of the M25 and Southbound Carriageway of the Barnet Bypass, still slow at Sterling Corner and Watford Bypass as well. Usual delays everywhere else, not causing too much of a problem, but do uh, keep an eye out there, maybe looking a little bit tricky, the weather not helping things today. Trains not looking too bad at all though. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you very much Sophie Well it's approaching 7.30, all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope and pray that Catherine Boyle is actually there with the latest news and sport. Getting bed
4: hearts and bugs talking
1: this is bbc three counties radio
11: It's 7.30, the headlines. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust being shut down in the wake of child abuse allegations against the late DJ. South Yorkshire Police has given the Independent Police Complaints Commission more than 1,400 names of officers who were working during the Hillsborough disaster or may know something about the subsequent investigations. And Milton Keynes Council has agreed to make changes to a crossing near the Stantonbury campus after a 13-year-old uh, girl there was knocked down and seriously injured there last month. Beds, Hearts and
1: Bucks Sports. BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
11: Watford go to Cardiff in the Championship tonight. Hornets boss Gianfranco Zola hopes three wins from their last four games leaves his players well prepared to take on Melky Mackay's team.
12: There are three big matches coming up. Tuesday against uh, Cardiff, top of the table, and very, very good team. And, and then after that we will have Blackburn and uh, Leicester home. So three teams that are uh, above us in terms of points.
11: And Watford defender Carl Dickinson's joined Portsmouth on a month's loan. MK Don's visit Crawley in League One. Don's boss Carl Robinson hopes to have better news of injured midfielder Stephen Gleason.
13: If he's not broke nothing, our luck's definitely turning because uh, it was quite a bad one. And uh, that would be a tremendous boost for this,
12: us as a group.
11: Uh, also in League One, Stevenage host Portsmouth. the Borough boss Gary Smith, says both teams suffered a summer upheaval in their playing staff.
12: Early on, they looked a little disjointed, not quite sure of the direction that they were going in. But slowly but surely, these quality players have started to find their feet and a, and a bit of rhythm.
11: Wickham have striker Joker 4 suspended for tonight's League Two match at home to Barnet. Wanderers caretaker boss Gareth Ainsworth is pleased to be back at Adams Park after three successive away games.
14: It feels like we've done a lot of miles away from Adams Park. It'd be nice mm-hmm. to get back home, get on our own pitch and, uh, and back up what we did against Torquay last time out there.
11: And you've got a choice of commentary in tonight's three-county sport from 7 o'clock. Watford at Cardiff's on 103.8 and 98 FM. MK Dons at Crawley can be heard on 104.5 FM. And Stevenage against Portsmouth on 95.5 FM and medium wave. That's your news and sport. More from me in half an hour. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Coming up in the next half hour, Lose. We're looking for the best and the worst Lose in beds, hearts and bucks. I know. Oh, I know. And also car insurance, according to um, the AA. It's gone down. Premiums have gone down. I don't think so. Has that happened to you? Has your car insurance gone down? I'd be very surprised. Apparently it's, go- it's going up. All the time, as far as I can see. Can we find the cheapest and the most expensive car insurance premiums uh, for people listening to BBC Three Counties Radio? Just text it in if you want, 81333. Start your text 3CR. And just, just let me know how much your your, your premium is. You can email... 3cr at bbc.co.uk or you can give us a call this is the best way to do it 08459 four double five five double five. now I need some detective uh, work from you there's a great story in the mail I mentioned it earlier on uh, it's page 3 of the mail uh, sorry they're just not our type of people hotel's sniffy email about wedding couple is accidentally sent to, br- uh, to bride so this is Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey they're from Luton so d- do you know them? Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey from Luton, if so, can you get them to give us a call? We think we found their house. We think we 've put a note through their door anyway they were get they 're getting married and they wanted uh, to book the uh, Stoke Park a five star country house hotel that is featured in two bond movies. They wanted to book it for their wedding reception and the whole do lovely place, gorgeous. Uh, and uh, Michelle Connolly, who works there, didn't really think that, that Paul and Pauline were kind of up to scratch. They thought they were a little bit common. And so she sent an email to her boss saying, Hi, Carlo, need your advice on this wedding. I know this probably doesn't sound very nice, but I'm trying to put this wedding off, as I don't think they're the type of pe- people that we would want to have at Stoke Park. I spoke to the bride yesterday She was inquiring about availability And I've put her off for now By telling her the date that she's looking at Is not available But she's asked me if I can get back to her With more available dates Help! Three exclamation marks From Michelle So she sent that to her boss Yeah She also sent it to Paul And Pauline as well Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey So they got the email Imagine how gutted you would be You're basically getting an email From a swanky restaurant That says Yeah you're a little bit common we don't want you posh hotel yeah we don't want you thanks very much so we're trying to track down paul carty and pauline bailey if you know them phone them up now and tell them we're talking about them on the blooming radio we want to get their side of the story we've spoken to the hotel no one's available until 9 30 to speak to us come on these these swanky hotels come on there are, there are people there are people available from seven o'clock but the hotel have said There is no-one available to speak to us until 9.30. Well, then maybe JVS will pick it up, or perhaps Roberto. But we want to speak to Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey from Luton. If you know them, phone them up. Go around their house, knock on their door right now, and say, oi, that idiot on the radio is talking about you. Give him a call, 08459... Four double five, five double five, oh eight four five nine, four double five, five double five. Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey. We want to hear from you. I'm sure there's pictures of them in here. They look like a lovely couple. They look delightful. Yes, maybe he's got one too many earrings in one ear. Maybe, but you can't not let them go to a swanky hotel just because he's got he's got more earrings than a gentleman should have. They look delightful. Oh eight four five nine, four double five, five double five. We'll see if we can get them by nine o'clock. Now, a mum from Bedford whose son was born completely tongue-tied and couldn't be properly fed says she was told she'd have to wait four days to have corrective procedure done at Bedford Hospital due to staff shortages. It's not uncommon for babies to be born with the bottom of their tongue attached to their mouth, Happened to my first boy, Uh, but Rachel Rogan says she had to pay £200 to get the problem fixed privately. She's been explaining her story to our reporter, Jessica Cooper. (coughs)
10: Immediately uh, after he was born, the midwife noticed that he had 100% tongue-tie, so he was um, unable to feed at all. They immediately put forward for a referral to the consultant to um, come and do the procedure for us, and we were told it should be done within 24 hours. The following day, we hadn't heard anything, so they chased that up, and we were told that it wouldn't happen until the following Thursday due to um, staff shortages, So by that point, he would have been four days without having fed. Um, The the 100% tongue tie meant that he was unable to latch for breastfeeding purposes and he couldn't take a bottle either. So um, I had to hand express, collect as much of my own milk as I could in a syringe and then drip feed it to him as and when I could. And when you were told that actually despite him being born on the Sunday and this being quite a simple, quick procedure, but it couldn't be done until the Thursday. How did you feel at that time? Well, we were initially very worried and also very frustrated because um, he wasn't thriving uh, as such. He, he didn't actually cry until after the procedure had taken place. He was making some noises, but... But he was too weak. He was sleeping all of the time because he wasn't getting fed. We were getting extremely concerned that by um four days he wouldn't be feeding substantially, but also that he would lose or he wouldn't develop the ability to latch and to breastfeed. You didn't wait from Sunday to Thursday, you, you I suppose took matters into your own hands. We contacted a private consultant who came up from London and performed the procedure on the Tuesday, so that was 48 hours after he was born. The procedure is very simple. It's a snip of the the skin underneath the tongue. And he immediately started feeding, and he immediately started thriving. He immediately started crying, which was (laughs) great, because after he'd had a feed, he um, woke up certainly he was much more aware than he had been before and um, the difference in him was fantastic and it was such a relief to us to see that he was behaving as a normal newborn would. I've never been so happy to hear a baby screaming. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you hope that the hospital might learn from this? I couldn't praise the midwifery unit enough. The, The team were fantastic and the support they gave me with the fact that this procedure couldn't be done and with helping me to try and latch and to try and feed Jack... They, they were outstanding. The maxillofacial unit are responsible, I, I think, for the whole PCT, so across Luton and Bedfordshire. As a result, they are stretched beyond belief. The midwives did say to us, you know, for 100% tongue tie, we would consider this to be an urgent procedure, for it not to be able to be performed before four days. When a child is probably at its most vulnerable, that's quite a worry. If that could just be addressed, and if Something could be done to say, you know, is, is there a, a, a way in which this service could be performed perhaps by the midwives on the ward or just, just for that worry to be removed.
0: So, reporter uh, Jessica Cooper speaking to uh, mum Rachel Rogan, Bedford Hospital NHS Trust, told us it's not the case that requirements for minor care aren't being met due to staff shortages. In a statement, it said babies are seen for this procedure as soon as possible. It says it's put, it's put in place a training programme to make sure midwives and neonatal nurses can perform this procedure in the maternity department in future. Uh, we were talking earlier on about the, the, the Marlborough Street crossing uh, where uh, Olivia got knocked down. Um, and we've had uh, a couple of comments on this. On the text, um, Shirley milton King says, I used to go to school with Olivia. It's great to hear that she's on the mend. She's doing well. So that's good news. Um, and Helen says, The Marlborough Street crossing. I used to go by bus on that road, but school children never use the crossing. I've seen several near-misses with cars, bikes, buses. They must be taught to use the crossing. They know where it is, but they choose not to use it. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double five, 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 five. Now, today I've declared this show um, a, a National Public Toilet Show Day. It, yeah, I know, it's a little bit wordy. We'll, we'll, we'll pass it through the computer and see what we come out with. But we're trying to find the best and the worst public toilets... Um, in the three counties. Lots of them are closed down. It's causing outrage. It's causing outrage. Joyce is in Leagrave. Joyce, are you outraged?
30: I am outraged. We have been Good. for a few years. Oh, <laughs> years of outrage? That's <laughs> yes. hard to handle. <laughs> it's very difficult <laughs> it trying is. to run and walk as soon as I the
28: loo. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, well,
30: where, what, what are the toilets like in Leagrave? Well, years ago, we used to have toilets yes. in Archway Road. Near the post sorting office. Yes. And they were brilliant because you could call in there to go to, t- to, go to town. Mums could take the children there. You've got all the shopping precincts. The big stores now are there. Were they clean toilets, Joyce? Because lots of these lots were. Of
0: public toilets. Very
26: dirty.
30: They were. And we used to have a lady there. Ooh. She used to go in and clean, and we used to have a chat with her, and this, that, and the other. And they we opposed them closing it down we the public yes. and we. the saint beget yeah, <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, this is way yes and the um, the thing was they crafty things uh, a nice word for that yes. they took it down overnight or early in the morning. Well, well,
0: hang on a minute. So you, you were campa- campaigning to keep these toil- toilets going. And we, then the council did. closed it overnight.
30: That's right. it's to, uh, to either oh. in the night
0: or early in That's the morning. That's very sneaky. <clears> so you went, you went to use it. You were, des- you were desperate for a wee wee. And you went to use it. And it, was, it had gone.
30: Well, everybody relied on that. Yes. I know we haven't got one in Marsh Road. Oh dear! Where the shopping area is, you're quite well aware of the shops there.
0: I have heard of these shops, yes, yes. And you, listen, there's nothing better than going and buying some cheese, uh, buying some vegetables, and then stopping off to spend a penny.
30: Well, you could shop then, and <laughs> and you could go to the loo, and you could really have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Uh, you can't just go into Pete. They told us to go into the cafe and ask to use their loo. What no, a cheap Is you
0: can't. I, I bet the cafe owner loves that. Oh, they wouldn't. They no. wouldn't. It's not
30: ideal. Anyway, no. anyway,
0: <laughs> nice hearing from you. No, no, nice hearing from you, Joyce. Is that the end of the conversation then?
30: I think so. Thank you very much I for can't calling. See you in the mist, you see. Oh, I see. <laughs> see?
0: Thanks for calling, Joyce. Bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, I do like it. I love. I-, I love speaking to you. Lot. You can call in whenever you want. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I do like it when uh, the calls reach their natural end. I could have spoken to Joyce for another couple of minutes there. I was all set for it. Uh, But, no, Joyce decided that was the end of that conversation. We'll have no more of it. Well, nice speaking to you. I can't see you in the mist. No idea what that means. No idea what that means. We are looking for Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey in Luton. Is that you? Do you know? Are they your next-door neighbours? If they're your next-door neighbours, go and knock on the door. That they got turned away by a dead swanky hotel being a little bit too common. They, weren't, they were not up to the standard that this hotel demanded of its... Cl- what do you think about the hotel? Did they do the right thing? Do you agree with the hotel on this? That, that yes, it was right for them to, to maintain standards and say, we don't like this couple. We don't think they're up to our high standards. We're going to turn them away. Did they do the right thing? Or do you think the hotel was being very, very snobby and very, very naughty? Could you give us a call and let me know your thoughts on that? five, nine. 455 555. You're in charge of a dead swanky hotel. A couple comes in that you think maybe they're not quite up to your standards. What would you do? Would you let them have their wedding there? Or would you make up an excuse and BBC tell them to get lost? Three 08459 455 555 is the telephone number.
4: Let's get the travel news now. Here's Sophie. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Southbound on the M1, we're still looking at delays at the moment between Junction 13 at Bedford and 10 at Luton Airport. Travel time there of around 45 minutes. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's also still queuing following the earlier accident at Junction 25 at the A10. The accident has been moved, but there is still congestion back at the moment towards 28 at the Brook Street roundabout. While anti-clockwise again, it is still looking slow where you'd expect between 21 at the M1 and 19 at Watford and 30 minute delays between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 at the M4. Still slow as well, southbound on the Barnet bypass between Stirling Corner and the Watford bypass and also looking busy way you'd expect heading south on the A10 through Chesant just around the Great Cambridge Road and Winston Churchill Way trains are moving nicely at the moment on the local lives parch a little bit slow coming into the area from the north on London Midland services but nothing that should be affecting you too badly at all Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio
0: thank you very much Sophie Good morning, it's 7.45, it's Tuesday the 23rd of October, these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down as police continue their investigation into the late DJ. South Yorkshire Police has given the Independent Police Complaints Commission more than 1,400 names of officers who were working during the Hillsborough disaster or may know something about the subsequent investigations. In sport, after being stripped of his seven Tour de France titles yesterday, Lance. Armstrong is now being asked to pay back millions in prize money and bonuses. The weather today embeds hearts and bucks. Mist and fog will clear slowly to give us a cloudy day with brighter spells in the afternoon. Top temperature is 16 degrees. And coming up, Justin Dealey is in Bedford on a very, very important mission. Stay tuned and find out more.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Monday to Saturday from 12 Nick Coffer.
31: We've been talking about uh, Hospice Care Week. I think anyone who hasn't used a hospice may struggle to understand that concept of an upbeat hospice.
29: You walk in and there's people smiling, there's people laughing, people sharing a joke together.
1: Nick Coffer. My
29: sort of ethos is enjoy every
1: day, live it like it's like your last and never give up on hope.
18: Beautifully, beautifully put.
1: Nick Coffer. Monday to Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number, if you want to give a score. Uh, w- w- listen, I'm putting out a public plea. Paul Carty, Pauline Bailey, where are you? We need you. We need to speak to you. Turned away by very swanky Stoke Park, a five-star country house hotel. It's a gorgeous place. Uh, they wanted to get married there and have all the reception and do all the bits and pieces. Uh, and they weren't allowed to. Well, they, they were allowed to eventually, but by that point they're gone, do you know what? We're not interested. They got to the, uh, an internal email from one of the staff to the boss saying, I need your advice on this wedding. I know this probably doesn't sound very nice. I'm trying to put this wedding off as I don't think they're the type of people we'd want to have at Stoke Park. Well, uh, th- this email, instead of going to the boss, it was sent to Pauline Bailey and Paul Carty. What would you do? If you're in charge of, like, a really swanky five-star hotel, what would you do? Would you open your doors to just anyone? Or would you have tried to come up with a cunning plan to turn this couple away? four five nine. 455, 555. Well, Rachel Southwood is from Wedding Ideas magazine. Rachel, what, uh, what do you make of this? Initially, to me, I was shocked by this. But then I'm kind of thinking, well, I guess places, venues have to keep their standards, don't they? Well, I don't. I mean,
25: money's money. You have to make a decision, don't you, as a business, whether you're going to accept, you know the money regardless of who it is but what you think of them but actually the the most troublesome couples and the people who often misbehave or their guests misbehave are the ones that are very wealthy in my experience so it's kind of a bit ironic really and it doesn't work in my head
0: at all have you ever heard of this happening um, before of, of um, a venue kind relation, of turning not people away
25: venue, not, not in relation to a venue i'm sure it goes on but mm. we just don't hear about it i yeah. mean that's that's a Error isn't it to send an email to the oh wrong person, the person you're thinking about. Um, but I mean, it most happens. It happens most often in relation to dresses. Actually, we hear about brides who are turned away from specific um, retailers wrongly, terribly, because they don't look like they've got the you know the right kind of money to no. buy the dress that's sold in the shop. We hear about really? that. That's the kind of pretty women scenario we call it. But, um, not not venues, no. And I think particularly in the times of recession, I'm really surprised that a, that a venue would turn any couple away, really, because weddings are big money.
0: Well, uh, you, you say that it's normally the posh and the, the rich people that cause the most trouble. What kind of things do they do?
25: <laughs> we just hear... I hear the tales that everyone else hears in the newspaper about guests who wreck things, get yep. very drunk, fall asleep, fall into moats. You know, they just... Guest wedding guests do just drink a lot all day. Yes. And, you know... It doesn't matter how much money you've got. A
0: drunk person is a drunk person, aren't they? It does, it does seem odd. You, you, you're right. That, that, that In these times of recession, you would think that um, most places would, would welcome anybody. But I remember when I tried to find a venue for my wedding, it was three and a half years ago. Even then, it was tough times. Everywhere was booked up. These places do get booked up, don't they?
25: Oh, absolutely! Especially now, that places like the venue we're talking about and specialising weddings—they mm. gear themselves solely towards hosting the whole wedding, the whole day for every guest. You know, there are these places now, and but you know, with hard marketing drives and all the rest of it, they do—they do put themselves out there for solely for the wedding market. Really, it's big business. Mm. How,
0: how much does the average wedding cost these days? Any idea?
25: last time I heard it was seventeen um, thousand pounds which you know is a lot of money yeah. and um, yeah so I'm sure that's gone off still even you know further still but there are lots you can do to get maximum for your budget even you know even if you've got less of a budget than you'd hoped for give you, us your you, give you us can, a couple
29: of top tips
0: for saving a few quid on your wedding
25: yeah you can for I mean once you've sort of guarantee or put down money for a, a supplier, you can haggle things into that. You can uh, be demanding more for your money. Mm. Um, it's, it's really important to be open and realistic about your budget right from the outset when you're dealing with any wedding supplier. And that goes for most things in life, obviously. But if you walk into a venue and say you know, this is how much I've got to spend, then you can all be honest and open with each other right from the start, can't you? Because that, then, you had no idea how much money that couple presumably had to
0: spend. My top tip, Rachel, is is don't have a wedding photographer. We spent 1,600 quid on our wedding photos, right, which is a a ridiculous amount of money. And he didn't take one picture of my sister, whereas my now brother-in-law, he has had a nice camera, he got much better photos than the photographer.
25: Oh, really? Yeah. Well that's, that's unusual and that's sad. I mean, wedding photography for me is one of the most important things um, next to the dress. So I, I would always make sure that I could see the whole portfolio of whole weddings that this, this yeah. photographer had done rather than specific shots. their favourite shots from different weddings they've done. It's really important to Mm. see the complete set and to ask lots of questions. Um, Again, that applies to every supplier that you work with.
0: Rachel Southwood from uh, Wedding Ideas Magazine. Thank you very much for coming on. If you know Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey, dear listener, give give them a call. Knock on their door. We're trying to find them. 08459. Four double five, five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we want we want them before nine o'clock. Otherwise, Roberto's going to get them on his amazing show, and I don't want that. There's a war. There's not a war, but it's good to pretend there is. Now, when you're out and about and you have to go, you have to go. But what happens when you can't find a loo? This morning we will be hearing about one woman's campaign to get public toilets in Bedford uh, reopened after Bedford Borough Council closed them in April. Our reporter Justin Dealey is out and about in Bedford. Uh, Justin, where where are you and have you found any loos yet?
7: Well Ian, I'm actually at the moment in Howard Street just outside the the Arts Centre here which Maureen owns. Hopefully Maureen is going to be joining us a bit later on the programme. She's not happy because a number of public toilets in Bedford have been closed since the summer uh, to save lots and lots of money uh, from the council. So the nearest toilet toilet from the art Centre to St Paul's is, is a good four-minute walk, and as you know, I've got very long legs, so yeah, very long it's, legs, yes. it's quite a way, and what's happening here at the art Centre is that a number of people uh, are coming in and they're saying, can I use your toilet? Well, quite simply, Maureen feels sorry for them, and she's letting them use the toilets, which are reserved for the staff here, so a good four-minute walk to St Paul's Square, and Ian, I would love to tell you what those toilets are like, but unfortunately, guess what, they were closed, they're not open until eight o'clock, that opened open between 8 and 5.15, Monday to Saturday, so closed completely on a Sunday, and everyone you speak to here in Bedford I is saying the people, same thing.
3: People have
0: got to pee on a, it's yes. closed on a Saturday, <laughs> Exactly. people pee
7: on so, Saturdays. So, so completely closed on a Sunday, but everyone you speak to here says that a number of these toilets were closed early this year, and it is causing problems, the ones in St Paul's Square, I'm sure that they will be there forever, because Justin, they've stay, got a thriving stay market there. there. there.
0: Listen, I want to get your story of lo- being locked in the toilet in a minute, but stay mm. there, because we have Maureen Cherry on the line now, good morning Maureen. Morning. How are you doing? You're all right. I'm fine, thank you. So, listen. People are coming into your art gallery to use your loo. Do you do you let them do it or do you turn them away?
6: Um, it's when the um, if somebody's in distress or if they've got a child and are desperate. Yes. And we do. We don't. Like to, um, because they have to walk by our tills and go through our um, tea room, you know, yeah. with our personal belongings. But if somebody's in distress, it's not very nice, and no. um, you feel feel obliged, really. Well, it's very generous of you to do that. What what do you what do you want to see done, Maureen? The toilets next to us opened. Sim- simple that as that. Underneath Lurt Street Car Park, yes, that listen, would be great.
0: Well, listen, stay there, because we have a gentleman on the line who might be able to help. We've got Councillor Charles Royden. He's the portfolio holder for the environment on Bedford Borough Council. Uh, Councillor, you, you heard uh, Maureen's situation there. The, the, closing those toilets is not helping her or anyone there. Can we get them open again, please?
32: Well, the problem we've had to face at Bedford Borough Council, like everybody else, is you have to work out how you're going to spend your money. And in Bedford, we've got toilets at All Hallows in St Paul's Square, as you've mentioned. We've also got them at the Bedford Library and the customer service centre, we've also got them at River Street car park and we've also got APCs at Broadway, Melbourne Street and St. Peter's so your chappy could also walk to St. Peter's if he wanted and shortly we'll be opening up another lot of uh, toilets at the near where tomorrow is at the Higgins which is going to be opening where people can go in and use the toilets and facilities and cafe and what have you so as a council we've got to decide you know, how many toilets do we provide in the town we provide quite a lot compared to other councils some, some don't even provide any at the moment uh, and we're investing heavily in new toilets which are going to be put into All Hallows where ma- major refurbishment's taking place. So, as a council, you have to say, okay, where are we going to spend our money and how many toilets can we have? We have quite a lot. If you don't, if you uh, don't, uh, if you open these toilets up, then, you know, you might be saying, well, we can't have a crossing near a school. You know, you'd be mentioning a no, crossing. No, and no, and and you no, you you're,
0: you're, no, 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 that's not how it works. Oh, you, it it you, you sit, you sit oh, in it. an office and go, right, are we going to do a crossing or a toilet?
32: Hands no, up no. for the crossing? No, let, let, me, let me tell you, we, we've, we've made £36 million pounds worth of cuts in bed that's over a quarter of our budget so you have to work out how you're going to find those cuts and it's literally a case of saying you know if we don't if we have that we can't have that and it's it's down to things like crossings at schools or you know, you might have vulnerable children who don't get the extra care that they need so these are difficult choices we're making at the moment we haven't got any money and so you have to say how many toilets are we going to have we've got a lot in bedford maureen Maureen,
0: there's 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 no money there are more toilets opening soon near you is that is that going
6: to help do you think Um, He's saying, like, Higgins and everything, but if you walk from Lurch Street car park to the Higgins, it's quite a distance. And um, like All Hallows, we are literally the other end of town. When people come into Bedford, park the car, and their point of call is there... Um, the toilets, you know, so it, he's saying about all these opening and the um the disabled toilets, you need a disabled tag, so it 's not like you can get into them anyway
32: so Maureen's not happy well, I know that I can quite see that, and i 'm very pleased that Maureen is engaging with us in the process, but you know we had we had a, a consultation for six months at the end of last year between July and November, and we received four complaints about the idea of closing Lu Street car park, four complaints, and yeah, then we had, we had
6: people. I think people see a notice and say it's modernisation, they think the toilets are going to be um, redone. We well, did a modernisation programme, so nobody was bothered because they think, oh, that's great.
32: Well, the, 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 po- the toilets were closed in April, and we've had four complaints, so we, and we had large posters on the toilets. So there were only four complaints that the council received about this. So as a council, we've got to decide where the assets go, where we spend your money, and um, and we've invested in the toilets that we have. We've got a good network of toilets in the town centre, and I hope people appreciate the fact that we're also investing in uh, upgrading the toilets at All Hallows, which have been the for, for quite a long time. We've got one of the best toilets in the country at River Street Park for people who've got you know, profound... Difficulties or serious impairments physically, so, so we're pro- trying to provide all the ca- different kinds of toilets that we need for the best to get the best for the people of Bedford. Councillor Charles
0: Royden, uh, portfolio holder for the environment on Bedford Borough Council, and Maureen Cherry, uh, who uh, runs an art gallery. Um, thank you very much for that, Justin. Uh, we, we, Justin, we haven't got time for your toilet story. We'll have to come back to you later.
7: Yeah, yeah, no, no problem at all, Ian. No problem.
0: He <laughs> 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 sounds so keen. To- it's a cracking story. It's a cracking story. Uh, right. Let's get the travel news, shall we? Let's get to Sophie Tyler.
4: Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Southbound on the M1, we still have delays and very slow traffic between 13 at Bedford and 12 at Flitick. Going to take you around 25 minutes to get through that stretch, I'm afraid. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's still queuing following the earlier accident between Junction 25 at the A10 for Enfield, with congestion all the way back now to 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout. Will take you nearly 40 minutes to get through that stretch. 15-minute delays between 21 at the M1 and 18 at Chorleywood, and then more delays of around half an hour between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 at the M4. Still queuing as well, Southbound on the Barnet Bypass between Sterling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else, though, not looking too bad at all right now. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you very much, Sophie. We, we might be getting somewhere on the hunt for Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey. I've tweeted out a request. Do you know them? Alexandra Biscuit, whose Twitter uh, tag is boobiesweets, I might know them. Why do you want to know? Well, we're getting close. Beds,
4: hearts and bugs talking.
1: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Good morning. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Catherine Boyle. The headline, Savile Charity Shuts Down, Safety Improvements for MK Crossing and Uncertainty at Biggleswade Hospital.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down as the police investigate allegations of abuse made against the late DJ. Paul Scoines has this report.
16: Representatives of the Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust, along with those of its sister charity, the Jimmy Savile Charitable Trust, met yesterday to discuss the future as police continue their investigations. It was decided changing the trust's name would not go far enough to sever ties with Savile. In a statement released this morning, the trustees conclude that they cannot see a future for either charity. The trust's funds will now be distributed to other good causes who may or may not disclose the donations.
11: The BBC's Director-General, George Entwistle, will be questioned by MPs today about how the corporation handled the Jimmy Savile sex abuse scandal. Mr Entwistle was head of BBC Television when Newsnight abandoned its investigation into the claims and the corporation broadcast tribute programmes. Four people have begun legal action against the publishers of the Daily Mirror, alleging that their phones were hacked. It's believed to be the first time a civil claim related to hacking has been brought against a newspaper outside Rupert Murdoch's News International Group. The claimants include the former Football manager Sven-Goran Eriksson. Milton Keynes councils agreed to make changes to a crossing after a 13-year-old girl was seriously injured. Olivia Bowers was knocked down on Marlborough Street near Great Linford last month. Jessica Cooper has this report. Campaigners have been calling for safety improvements after Olivia was hit by a car when she crossed Marlborough
10: Street on the way to school. Milton Keynes Council is planning to install yellow bollards before the end of the year to make the crossing more noticeable to drivers. It's also looking into whether the speed limit, which is currently 60 miles per hour, needs to change.
11: Campaigners trying to save a hospital in Bedfordshire have been told that no decision's been made about its future. Biggles Wade Hospital has 29 beds and costs over a million pounds a year to run. A petition signed by over 6,000 people who wanted to stay open has been handed over. Doris Brunt was at the council meeting yesterday and says she's had some assurances, but much is still unclear.
21: The representative there from contractors for the hospital have said that the hospital will not close. Everything now hinges on a report from a review that is currently being carried out. And until we get that, we do not have any idea of what their long-term proposals for the hospital will be.
11: In sport, after being stripped of his seven Tour de France titles yesterday, Lance Armstrong's being asked to pay back millions of dollars. The Tour de France General Director Christian Prudhomme says Armstrong must return the prize money from all his tour wins, while a Texas insurance company is demanding the return of more than $7.5 million in bonuses paid to the American after he won his sixth tour in 2004. The weather, mist, and fog will clear slowly to give us a cloudy day with brighter spells this afternoon. Top temperature 16 degrees Celsius, that's 61 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news.
0: Morning. Paul Carty, Pauline Bailey, where are you? You've got 57 minutes to get in touch. Oh, 08459 five, 555 double, five, double, five. They're the couple Oh my god That, that woman Who says she knew them All she's done Is just retweet my tweets Alexandra That's no use whatsoever She's A woman got in touch Oh yeah I might know them Why Then she just retweeted My tweet For goodness sakes Oh dear That's no use at all Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show here until nine o'clock. And then Jonathan Vernon Smith will take over. He'll pop in in about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Tell us what's happening on his show. We'll be talking more about lose. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have time. Let's make time. For Justin Dealey's being trapped in a loose story. You know you want it. You know you want it. I'm going to make sure we squeeze it in. Even if we have to drop something else. Uh, Also talking more about Jimmy Savile. Did you see the Panorama programme last night? And car insurance. Is it really going down? I don't think so. 08459 455
1: 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Last night, the BBC's Panorama programme broadcast a special report examining the reasons why a Newsnight investigation into Jimmy Savile was dropped. The BBC has denied that pressure was put on the Newsnight editor, Peter Rippon, to drop the story last December. He has now stood aside while the investigation takes place. So, how does the BBC look this morning? We can talk now to the media commentator, Neil Midgley. Morning, Neil. Good morning. I I haven't seen the programme yet. It was on a bit late for me. I've seen the first 20 minutes.
26: What did you make of the programme? I thought it was a very good piece of journalism. What we uh, discovered from the Panorama program specifically, the real kind of smoking gun that we got from the Panorama program, uh, was that the reasons that the BBC has given for the pulling of the Newsnight investigation last year into Jimmy Savile um, last December, uh, those reasons are just wrong. Hmm. So the BBC has, has given one explanation of, of that Newsnight situation, which it's stuck to for the last three weeks, and then suddenly, as a result of the Panorama programme yesterday, uh, it had to backtrack from that, uh, and we, so we now have no coherent explanation at all uh, as to why um, the Newsnight investigation was pulled, and that, frankly, is a bit of a shambles at the top of the BBC. How unusual is it for, for one current
0: affairs programme to
26: investigate another within the same
0: organisation, and can it be completely neutral?
26: It's very unusual. Uh, I think Panorama investigated the Today programme when uh, there was all the Gilligan uh, all the stuff around, things yeah, yes. uh, that led to the Hutton inquiry. I think so, uh, but obviously that's now nine years ago, so and that's the last example that I know of. Uh, uh, obviously. There may be access to grind, uh, and different parts of the same organisation can obviously be more competitive with each other than they are with outside organisations. Um, but there was no um, there was no evidence, really, of to my mind of, of bias in the mm. Panorama report last night. It presented its facts um, quite calmly and uh, had evidence for most of them.
0: George Entwistle, the uh, DG, he's been in director general for four weeks. Is he going to last much longer?
26: Well, that's a difficult question, because uh, given that the Newsnight situation has now completely unravelled, it's difficult to know, in fact it's impossible to know, uh, what George Entwistle's role was. So last Christmas, when that investigation was pulled, uh, he was, uh, before his promotion to director general, he was head of television at the BBC and was ultimately responsible for the two tribute programs to Jimmy Savile that were broadcast last Christmas. Uh, So the question for him, one of the questions for him, is why, George, did you go ahead with those programs uh, when you knew that there was an outstanding Newsnight investigation into Jimmy Savile?
0: And how damaging is this for the BBC, the whole affair?
26: I think it's, it is, it's, it's very damaging for the current management because the response over the last three weeks has really been shambolic. Uh, the fact that we're now three weeks later and we literally have no coherent explanation as to why that Newsnight report was pulled last December, uh, that's just not good enough. Uh, for the BBC as a whole, uh, I think the, the licence fee paying public uh, probably don't care as much about uh, technical questions of who uh, said what to whom uh, when a Newsnight report was pulled uh, as they do about the programmes that they love on the BBC. So I imagine that the BBC will retain public support unless it is shown that there was a, <clears throat> excuse me, a terrible culture uh, tolerating mm. uh, Jimmy Savile's abuse, uh, which in some way continued. Uh, Neil Midgley, uh, media
0: commentator, thank you very much indeed. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Now there's a report out uh, from the AA of all places that car insurance premiums are going down. I don't believe that for a second. My car insurance at one point... Get this, right? Because I lived in London. I may have had a couple of points on my licence. Who knows? I may have had a car accident at some point as well. My car insurance was £1,600. Boom. Ah, Boom. Imagine that. £1,600. Boom. The main reason... I've now got it down to £1,040. The main reason is because of my job. Because I work in show business... They think I'm going to have, like, Burt Reynolds or Paul McCartney, you know, Chuck Norris in my car. If you crash with Burt Reynolds in your car, that could be millions of dollars, right? So all the car insurance companies uh, panic a little bit, and and they think, oh, hang on a second, Burt Reynolds could be Paul McCartney, we're going to up this insurance a bit. And it's so depressing when you go to all these price comparison websites or the individual companies online, and you type in all your fill- you spend five, ten minutes filling in the forms and it gets to occupation. And you're going, well, they've not got a TV presenter, they've not got radio presenter, radio journalist, no, it's not quite that. And you type in your job and it says, yes, could you call this number now, please? That means you are about to be given a very big number. Uh, Chris is in Amersham. Morning, Chris. Morning. How's Amersham this morning? Uh, not too bad. I love Amersham. Be Amersham's a great place. It's not too bad. But, but I bet the weather's grotty, isn't it? Uh, it's quite foggy at the minute. Yeah. yeah, man alive! What's your take on all this car insurance? Has, has your insurance gone down?
33: Well, I've got a, I've got a two point eight BMW. Oh, the insurance is seven hundred and fifty pound. Okay, uh, it's an M Reg. It's an old one. It's a ninety six. I think that is ninety seven. Right. Yeah, uh, I've got a two thousand and eleven Berlingo van. Yeah, and my insurance is over three grand. Flipping heck! Yeah. What,
0: are you, what are you transporting in that van? Gold bullion or something? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing there are tools and things in there, is that right? No, there's no
33: tools, I've just u- oh. used for uh, for s- local deliveries. Then why does it cost you so much? I've no idea. Absolutely no idea. I think it's disgusting. Well, that's incredible.
0: Um, uh, how old are you, Chris, if you don't mind me asking?
33: 25. Well, uh, so you're kind of on the cusp of, of, of yeah, still being young. Yeah, just turned, just turned. So uh, I'm hoping it's going to make a difference this year when I renew it in January.
0: I bet, I bet it don't make that much difference, to be honest. No, it, it la- should
33: last don't. year it, it it went up <laughs> as well. Last right. year it, it increased with, with no accidents and no points. It increased for so no reason. Because I remember back in the day,
0: if you had a decent length of time on your no-claims bonus, you'd get a letter at your old time saying, well, you've got three years no-claims bonus, so we're going to n- knock a little bit off of your insurance. Yeah. Uh, they're not done that with you. Uh, w- have you had any accidents, any points?
33: No, I've got no accidents, no points. I've got, I've got five years no-claims, so it's clear at the minute. Wow, and, uh, and it went up. It just seems to be going up and up and up, but then on my car, it's going down. <laughs> a- and have you
0: spoken to them? Have you kind of said, you know, what is going on here?
33: I've asked them, they just say it's the rising cost. It's, they say it's the best they can do, the best they can offer at the minute. I mean, I've been quite a stupid stuff like 12 grand, 12, 13 grand. What? For insuring yeah. the van? For insuring my van, yeah
0: jeez and, and so obviously you've shopped around and you've, you've been to all these d- different places have you ever been the, the, the way i got my cheapest car insurance uh well, the cheapest one i've got now is i went i went through a broker and i would never done it before but a broker yeah. got in touch and said listen uh, i might be able to save you a few quid i might not but if you come with me it won't cost you anything and yeah he, did, he got he got 400 quid off in the end have you have you di- tried
33: that i've tried the broker and for me that was the worst option oh really <laughs> yeah. yeah it was <laughs> it doubled right how can you aff-
0: afford to pay that much money chris
33: well, I have to work for it, trust me. I work like about 16 hours a day, so... I bet you do. I am paying for it,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you would, you would think, to be serious for a second, in this, these times of austerity, when everyone's struggling to make a few quid, that, that with small businesses, uh, you know, that companies would, would give you a little bit of a break. Well,
33: that's what I don't understand. If people drop the prices, I'm sure more business would come their way.
0: I'm shocked. Sorry, I was taking a swig of tea. There, you may have heard. I was going to deny yeah. it. I was going to deny it, and I thought actually it was quite a loud swig. You may have heard that. I, can only apply. I don't want a BBC investigation into my swigging <laughs> tea on, on the radio. For goodness' sake, uh, Chris. Well, listen. Um, you know, best. Let us know how it goes when uh, when you're in uni next year.
33: Yeah, i up in January, so I'll let you know. All
0: right, Chris. Thank you very much indeed. Three grand to insure a van. Yeah, he's using it for work. He's driving around in it quite a lot. That seems good. okay. So three grand. That's the, that's the highest we've got so far. Can you beat that? Can anybody beat that in terms of how much your insurance costs? Three grand. Can we find the cheapest as well? Is is there anybody whose insurance is less than, let's say, £500 a year? Because they did used to. When you got a a good run of no claims, you get a little letter saying, well done. Five years, no claims bonus. We're going to take £150 off of your insurance this year. It doesn't happen anymore. If anything, they put it up. So, £3,000 is the most expensive insurance we've got so far. Can anybody beat that? Can you do better than that? And has anybody got car insurance less than £500? 08459. five nine four Let's
4: get the travel news now. Let's go to Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: We still have delays of around 25 minutes heading south on the M1 between 13 at Bedford and 12 at Flitick and anti-clockwise on the M25 it's still looking slow as well between 27 at the M11 and 25 at the A10 for Enfield not helped by the earlier accident Now we also have 15 minute delays between 21 at the M1 and 18 at Shorleywood and it's also looking like we have delays of around half an hour between uh, 17 at Maple Cross and 15 at the M4. The A5 through Luton we have reports of an accident at the moment around the A505 reports are a little bit sketchy, so bring you more on that as and when it comes in. And it's still queuing at the moment on the A1 Barnet Bypass, heading south between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else not looking too bad. Usual delays out there for this time in the morning, but nothing that's going to be holding you up for too long. If you spot anything, do be sure to let us know. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
0: you very much, Sophie. Good morning, it's 8.15. It's Monday, the 23rd of October. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down as the police investigate allegations of abuse made against the late DJ. Four people have begun legal action against the publishers of the Daily Mirror, alleging that their phones were hacked. In sport, in the Champions League this evening, the holders Chelsea are away to Shakhtar Donetsk, with manager Roberto Di Matteo expected to recall Captain John Terry after suspension. Weather coming up shortly with Jim Bacon and also on the show, Milton Keynes' council have agreed to make changes to a crossing after a teenage girl was seriously injured when she was hit by a car on the way to school. We'll hear more before 8.30
1: BBC Three Counties Radio It's been an amazing year for sport with some of the
28: biggest names collecting the world's greatest prizes.
7: This is sensational riding here in the Olympic
28: Games at London 2012. But every year the BBC's Sports Personality of the Year recognises people who aren't stars but have simply gone that extra mile. They've made their contribution for no reward Accept the enjoyment of seeing sport flourish in their community. There are unsung heroes. Nominate yours now via our website at bbc.co.uk slash hero and help us round off a remarkable year of sport in 2012.
0: OK, listen, we've got 45 minutes. I want to find this couple, this Paul Carty and this Pauline Bailey, who had turned away. But they weren't turned away. In the end, it was offered to them. Let's get this right. But Stoke Park did not want them to have their wedding. there. Have you seen this? Richard? I have yes. seen this, yes. I thought they looked very smart in that photo. I wonder what they were wearing when they turned up to have a little look around the venue.
14: Oh? Do you think they looked a bit scruffy?
0: Well, you, listen, the, the, the Daily Mail is going to come round to
14: report on them being turned away for being common. Of course you're going to wear your best clothes. The thing is, you can't always tell what someone's family's going to be like nope. from the bride and groom. Nope. I mean, I've been to, to weddings before where, you know, you know the bride and groom. They're both quite respectable people. And then nope. suddenly the wedding starts, their family rock up, and you think, oh, my God, you <laughs> came from that? <laughs> I do feel sorry for this couple. We're trying to get them on the show before nine o'clock.
0: I do think it's very snobby. Listen, if they've got the money... Let them go and have the wedding there. Stop being so
14: stuck up, Ooh. for goodness sakes. Would you, uh, if, if a couple turned up looking like Wayne Away and Wayne is a slob, yes. would you want them getting married in your house? Uh, for so many
0: reasons, no. We don't, we don't <laughs> conduct that many weddings in my house no, anymore. No, but,
24: but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're
14: saying, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no. <laughs> What's on your show this morning, John? <laughs> well, hang on a bit. let me compose myself. On the big phone in this morning, should anyone other than Jimmy Savile take responsibility mm-hmm. for what he did? Uh, the fallout from the scandal surrounding Jimmy Savile continues. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust, as you've been discussing this morning, has been shut down yes. in the wake of allegations that the uh, late DJ abused children. Uh, its trustees, along with those of its sister charity, the Jimmy Savile Charitable Trust, met to discuss its future yesterday, but decided a name change wouldn't go far enough. The front pages of today's papers are, yet again, absolutely full of Jimmy Savile. And who knew what at the BBC? Mm. Well, From nine this morning, I want to hear your views. Should anyone, other than Jimmy Savile, take responsibility for what he did? I wonder whether there's an argument. Jimmy Savile is dead. Okay, so loads of people feel a tremendous amount of anger towards yeah. him and the kind of things that he was doing i mean it's despicable however because he's dead are people looking for somewhere else to, to put the blame it's an interesting way of putting it because yeah. you can't blame him because we can't lock him up and kind of put him there and say you know what a horrible man he yeah. is let's lock him up forever there's still this anger that has nowhere to find a home. Mm. So, is it very unfortunate that, for example, his charitable trust, that probably, albeit in his name, have done a tremendous amount of good oh, yeah, work, of course. are having to close? Yep. I want your views on this this morning from Nine. Should anyone other than Jimmy Savile take responsibility for what he did? There's it, a really interesting way of looking at it because uh, yeah,
0: the BBC totally screwed up it would appear of this Newsnight thing. I've not seen the whole Panorama programme. I'm going to watch it later on today. But it, to, to say that, that, that this kind of thing was endemic in the BBC you know, that, that sexism was rife in the BBC mm. and that child abuse was rife in the BBC, I think is unfair. Totally unfair. Uh, but, but people seem to think that the BBC as a corporation colluded with Jimmy Savile. Of of course
14: that's we know we no, we've known that's we, not the case we know that jimmy savile was a master manipulator yep. we know that he he clearly had a tremendous amount of power mm. over those around him people were frightened of him mm. people were were terrified of of reporting him so if you look at that can you blame the bbc and say well the bbc is just as bad as him i mean for goodness sake no. th- this man jimmy savile has done what he's done he's the one that needs the blame mm. is it necessarily the bbc i want your views is it necessarily stoke mandeville hospital is it the charitable trust well, this is the thing is it? Is, is the bbc getting all
0: the flack now in a month's time it will be stoke mandeville get it on the front page and then a month after it's going to go you know
14: all these different places broadmoor are all going to get investigated and the BBC's is getting it at the moment it's, 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 it's fascinating from nine fascinating. we'll discuss it and i know you were saying earlier you've been following this story with great interest so i know you'll be there
0: no i have been i, I was I, I have been asking do people think that the bbc is disappearing up its own backside though because we are a bbc show Talking about a BBC show that was investigating a BBC show that was investigating a BBC personality, and I did hear on Five Live a lot of people texting in saying, "Get over it, you know. This is the BBC is 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 disappearing
14: into its own navel."
0: With its, its, uh,
14: I guess there's the chance that the BBC might end up kind of pointing the finger of blame at itself and being too apologetic. Yes. And actually, what, what did the BBC do? We don't need to wear a hair shirt all the time, I don't think. Well, no. I mean, Jimmy Savile's the one to blame, yep. and he's dead. Yep. So, you know, can't blame anyone else apart from Jimmy Savile. Can you? <sighs> I shall be listening at 9 o'clock.
0: Excellent stuff, Jonathan. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. See you later on. 08459 double five five double five is the phone number. If you want to email Jonathan, now is a, is a really good time to do it because you can kind of get your call in early by, by emailing him and say you're interested. 3cr at bbc.co.uk if you'd like to, uh, to speak to Jonathan after 9. Right, weather news now. Here's Jim Bacon.
9: Beds, hearts and bugs. weather.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Thank you very much. Well, it does look like a misty, foggy start to the day for many of us, although I think for the south of three counties, perhaps it's mistiness rather than the dense fog, but uh, Bedfordshire and northern parts of Buckinghamshire could still have those poorer visibilities. Spot to a drizzle here and there, and uh, I'm afraid a bit of a dull, dampish start to the day all round. I, I think what will happen is, gradually, this misty... F- foggy low cloud will lift slowly so eventually it will try and brighten up a little bit I don't think we can expect too much sunshine today but if the cloud does get uh, thin enough you could feel a bit of warmth coming through it. Uh, temperatures up to about 16 Celsius for a cloudy day if, uh, if the sun does break through it could do a lot better than that but I think that will be the exception rather than the rule. Light north breeze and tonight rather cloudy with again some mist or fog particularly over the hills and the occasional spot or two of drizzly weather minimum temperature about 11 or 12 Celsius and again the light winds. Similar story for Wednesday. Slight improvement to the visibilities for Wednesday night and then on Thursday as a front comes closer to us we could get a showery spot or two of rain but not amounting to much and by Friday that's cleared away all of this warm humid misty air and we've got much colder brighter weather the sun will come out again but it will be colder air so daytime temperatures despite the sunshine will be lower and the nighttime temperatures are I'm afraid to say, may just be low enough for us to start talking about a touch of ground frost. And there's your weather.
0: Thank you very much, Jim. Now, several weeks ago and earlier on in this show, we told you uh, that a teenage girl was seriously injured when she was hit by a car on the way to school in Milton Keynes. Olivia Bowers, who's 13, suffered serious injuries after being knocked down when she crossed Marlborough Street. She's on the mend. We spoke to her mum earlier on in the show. And she's on the men, so that's good news. Well, the council has now agreed to make changes to the crossing. Ros Dean has been calling for the crossing to be improved. Morning, Ros. Good morning. So what are your concerns about this, this particular crossing?
25: Um, basically, the road is just really, really fast around that area. Um, it's not exactly a particularly busy, busy road, but it's quite fast. Um, you can't see the crossing there as you come around the roundabout, which is a bit dangerous, obviously. Um, and it's there's a lot of school kids that go along that road.
0: What You've been campaigning since the accident, haven't you? W- what have you been doing?
25: Um, I've obviously sent a lot of emails. Um, I've been petitioning, putting petitions out everywhere and going door-to-door in Stantonbury area. Um, and I also have set up a Facebook page called Change the Limits.
0: And, and the, the council f- responded. How long did it take them to get in touch and what have they said
25: they're going to do? Um, it took a little while, but um, I had a councillor text me after our last interview in three counties, um, and then I um, basically, sorry, and then they said they were going to change the bollards, to move them closer to the road and move the speed limit back a bit further.
0: Uh, 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 is that enough? You happy with that?
25: Um, yeah, at the moment. I mean, we'll see obviously how it goes in time. But um, did, they for tell, now, did they tell you, you, know, you by text? Um, I spoke to a councillor by text, share yeah, well. and email.
0: Ooh, well, how modern, look at that, no, no phone calls, <laughs> no letters, no more, it's a text. Uh, we're changing speed limit, lols. OK, right, we can speak to Adrian Carden, who is a road safety uh, team leader from Milton Keynes
34: Council. Stay there, Ross. Uh, Adrian, how dangerous is this road? Have you, have you heard about problems here before? Um, not at this particular location, no. Um, I would like to say that, um, you know, just put things into context it, do. it is actually a crossing point and not a zebra crossing okay. or a control crossing what, d- what, does, the, what does that mean what? um what well, a zebra crossing no, what, no i know what a zebra crossing <laughs> means adrian a crossing point a uh, crossing point it's just where a footpath crosses the road so there's no kind of um physical marks on the road to say that it's a you know something well, like sounds, a zebra crossing that sounds terribly okay. dangerous okay um Yes, I know. It's a, not a situation that we like.
0: OK, so what do you, wh- why, why, why was it left like that, then? If it's quite a busy, fast road with a speed limit of 60, why, why was it the, the, the crossing like that? It
34: um, doesn't sound very sensible. I, I understand that this is, a, this is an old path that's, um, right. that's been there for quite some time. Um, I have actually met with Rosan on site and um, looked at the situation myself. Um, when we first became aware of the... Um, of the accident, one of the first things I did was to check that to see if there'd been any accidents in the area um, previously. Now, our database of accidents shows that there haven't been any incidents at this location for the but, last ten years. But
0: one is too many. The One in ten years with a girl with, with suffering brain damage is, is too many, isn't oh, it?
34: Oh, yes, yes. So what, that, what are you going to do, why, Adrian? What's, what's, what's happening? That's why we actually met with Roethlis on-site to discuss her concerns to look at the situation for ourselves. So what's, what's happening, Adrian? And, what have you decided to do? What we've, what we've said we will do is highlight the fact that there is a crossing point there by installing the yellow bollards. Well, now well, this is a standard configuration throughout Milton Keynes where a redway or a footpath crosses a road. Why
0: can't you put traffic lights or a zebra crossing there?
34: Um, I'm not sure that it would meet the criteria for that.
0: Well, it's a crossing where a, a kid has been
34: knocked over. I what what yes. criteria do you yes. need? Yes, I say. It's, it's, it's one incident within the last ten years.
0: You, I, the but. thing is, Adrian, you can say it's one incident, I understand that you can, you, you're working to statistics, but to that girl and to that mum that is uh that's one really serious incident where someone could have died the only reason she didn't die is because the car was doing 22 miles an hour
34: yeah when the car could
0: have been doing 60 miles an hour yeah if that car had been doing 60 let's be honest she wouldn't be around now would she
34: and that's why i've said to roslyn that we are looking at extending the 30 mile an hour limit you know to beyond the crossing when will a decision be made on that um it will probably be made in the next couple of months there's there's a legal process that we have to go through to change the... Roz, is, 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 this,
0: is this enough? It sounds a bit woolly to me. And
25: um, well, I suppose for now, I mean, just to see how it goes, because, I mean, it is quite a narrow road, but, I mean, I would like to see it more, but, I mean, I'm sure Adrian's doing his best to do what he can. I mean, for me, a big light, a big step across crossing would be excellent, yeah, y- yellow,
0: <laughs> yellow bollards, you happy with y- just, just some yellow bollards? It seems can
25: to be able to see
23: it. Okay, you know, Ros Dean,
0: listen, thank you very much uh, Ros Dean, been campaigning for the crossing to be uh, changed, and Adrian Carden Road Safety Team Leader from Milton King's uh, Council uh, Ken on the A1 has called in about ins- car insurance Ken will come to you, be patient with us Ken we'll come to you after the news if you can bear to wait That long but I've got to go to the travel
1: news Here's Sophie
4: Tyler Beds, hearts and bucks travel BBC Three Counties Radio
1: Still looking much
5: the same at the moment. Southbound on the M1 still got delays at the moment between Junction 11 at Milton... uh, 14 at Milton Keynes, sorry, and 10 at Luton Airport. It is going to take you over an hour to get through that stretch, I'm afraid. And anti-clockwise, it is still slow, not helped by the earlier accident between Junction 27 at the M11 and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. 30-minute delays again between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 at the M4. And more reports of the accident on the A5 heading through Luton around the A505 and southbound on the Barnet Bypass. It is still queuing between Sterling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else not looking too bad. Usual delays for this time in the morning, but nothing that's going to be holding you up for too long at all out there. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you very much, Sophie. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We have 30 minutes to find Paul Carty and Pauline Bailey, who are deemed not posh enough to have their wedding due at Stoke Park. 08459 455 555. Can you help... We'll find out if you can after the latest news and sport with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking.
1: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Good morning, it's 8.30. The headlines, the Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust's being shut down in the wake of abuse allegations made against the late DJ. The BBC's Director General, George Entwistle, will be questioned by MPs later about how the corporation handled the Jimmy Savile sex abuse scandal. And four people have begun legal action against the publishers of the Daily Mirror, alleging that their phones were hacked. Beds, Hearts and Bucks
4: Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford
11: go to Cardiff in the Championship tonight. Hornets boss Gianfranco Zola hopes to avoid a backlash from Malky Mackay's team following their weekend defeat by Nottingham Forest.
12: I'm sure that uh, they will want to come back strong from that that defeat and uh, so therefore we will uh, need to perform at our
11: best. And Watford defender Carl Dickinson's joined Portsmouth on a month's loan. MK Don's visit Crawley in League One. Don's boss Carl Robinson hopes to have better news of injured midfielder Stephen Gleeson.
13: We're not too sure yet again the swelling will make some sort of impact in it. Um, And he's now going, going to hospital today and we'll probably know exactly where we're at.
11: Also in League One, Stevenage host Portsmouth. Borough boss Gary Smith says both teams suffered a summer upheaval in their playing staff.
12: Well, I think you'd not got a dissimilar position on the field to us. That group that came together at the start of the season probably included 15, 18 new bodies. There was a big, big turnover of faces.
11: Wickham have striker Joker four suspended for tonight's League Two match at home to Barnet. Wanderers caretaker boss Gareth Ainsworth is pleased to be back at Adams Park, though, after three successive away games.
14: It feels like we've done a lot of miles away from Adams Park. It'd be nice Mm. to get back home, get on our own pitch and, uh, and back up what we did against Torquay last time out there.
11: Manchester United manager Sir Alex Ferguson will rest defenders Rio Ferdinand and Patrice Evra for the Champions League match at home to Braga this evening as he looks ahead to this weekend's Premier League game against Chelsea. Chelsea themselves are away to Shakhtar Donetsk while Celtic face Barcelona at the New Camp. As for here at BBC Three Counties Radio there's a choice of commentary on tonight's Three Counties Sport from 7 o'clock. Watford at Cardiff will be on 103.8 and 98 FM. You can hear MK Dons at Crawley on 104.5 FM and Stevenage against Portsmouth will be on 95.5 FM and medium wave. That's the latest from BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More from me at nine. Call 08459 455 555.
4: 08459 455 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. OK.
0: I'm not... Uh, I was being a bit flash earlier on by showing off my new flask. that had five mugs of tea, and the thing is, all of that tea and all of our reports on lose. I'm desperate to go to the loo. I'm really desperate. Uh, but that news break wasn't long enough, and I haven't got my fob, so I can't... Uh, I'm stuck, basically, until nine o'clock. Very, very uncomfortable. Um, lots come out from the last half hour of the show. Not posh enough to have their wedding uh, at, a, at a certain uh, hotel. Lou's and car insurance. Is it really going down? According to to the AA, it is. I've not noticed that in the slightest.
13: Ken, is your car insurance going down? No, mine's gone up this year, actually, Nick. It went up from 300 to 380. Who's Nick? Sorry, sorry. um, Yeah, my insurance went up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listen, Ken, I'm going to put you on the spot, but I'm not bullying you. What do you think my name is? I thought it was Nick. um... That's okay, Steve. Don't worry. We'll we'll stick with Nick now. So, Uh, Dave, how much was your car insurance, and what is it now, Mark? It was three hundred. Yes, and it's gone up
13: to three hundred and eighty. That's including breakdown cover.
0: Well, that's listen. Three hundred and eighty is still
13: pretty darn good, Paul. But but listen, the silly thing is, yes, I went online to the exact same insurance company that I'm with, yeah, and got it back down to three hundred. But how, then, how, but did then you, how did you do that, Kevin? Because they, because they said it was a new customer. Oh. But then, they re- then they realized I was a, 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 already holding a policy. Yes. So then they cancelled that quote and put me back up oh. to the floor. Oh,
0: Jason, that's ridiculous behaviour. But three hundred eighty-two pounds. Are you happy with that? Three hundred and eighty-two pounds, Alan.
13: Hello. Hello. Are you Are you happy with that? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, for the simple, re- the simple reason is, I mean, hearing what some people are paying, I yes. mean, it's unbelievable. We I mean, the guy who's paying £3,000 for a Bolingo van. That's ridiculous. It's worth three times the work the, the, the van.
0: You there know? we go, that's Arthur on the A1, who's uh, £382. Uh, we're trying to find the highest and the lowest insurance. Uh, it's Ian Lee, by the way, is the name, if you, if you want to. I'm not worried. It's still early days. I'm here for a while, so you, you, you'll pick it up in the end. Uh, We had a guy whose van was £3,000. Now, Ken there, uh, on the A1, £382 for his insurance, uh, which beats... Look, we had this text in. My car insurance is £400 a year for a Honda C... What's this? A Honda S2000 sports car. I'm 32. Um, uh, Dave, the Milton Keynes bus driver, car insurance, I pay £1,700 a year. I drive a large family, and I drive a minibus. Oh, for goodness. No wonder... Um, But here we go. This is the cheapest so far. Liz Liz in Hitchin, 53, drives a Hyundai Accent MVI. I've got no idea what that is. Her car insurance, get this, £260, £260. Wowzers. Well, we've been talking loos all morning and it's making me very, very uncomfortable because I really do need the loo. 25 minutes, I think I can hold it for just that long Lots of them are closing down It's to save money and it's to stop naughtiness taking place Uh, Maureen Cherry, who manages the art Centre and Gallery in Bedford is campaigning for the public toilets next to her shop and in Queen Street, Silver Street and Riverside Square, Bedford to be reopened The uh, Borough Council closed them down earlier this year and I think you heard that um, it probably ain't gonna happen despite Maureen collecting almost 2,000 signatures on a petition, our reporter Justin Dealey has spent the, the morning roaming the streets of Bedford looking for loos. Justin, well, morning, going on? Morning, John. How are you? I, 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 yes, uh, thank you, Alan.
7: <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Uh, as you say, I'm in mean, Bedford right now. You spoke to Maureen earlier on. Almost 2,000 people have signed this petition. All of these public loos were closed here in the summer and I have to say, nearly every single person you speak to, they are not happy about this whatsoever. I popped into the St Paul's Square toilets around 10 minutes ago when i spoke to you at about 7 45 this morning i've made the short walk from the art center to st paul's about four minutes or so and they were closed i can tell you they are now open rather smelly but rather clean inside but um, i have been speaking to people here one of those people is linda linda when i mentioned public toilets in bedford the first word out of your mouth was outrageous uh, since a number of them have been closed in the summer it's not been great for you and your family has it
25: no it hasn't i come into town regularly with my grandchildren and um, children being children they don't tell you till the last minute and it's a long walk to find a toilet.
7: So what about the ones which are open? How do you find them?
25: Um, The ones that are open are clean so they maintain those well. Uh, There's just not enough.
7: Everyone I've spoken to this morning has got a major gripe about this. They are not happy at all. Bedford Borough Council, they say, we're doing this to save money because we can't afford to pay for everything. What would your message to the council be this morning, Linda?
11: I think
25: they need to look to other areas to save their money, um, not closing public toilets.
7: So yourself and other people that you speak to think it's very, very important that they all stay open, get them back open.
25: Absolutely. Definitely.
7: So the words there of Linda, and it's it's very, very hardy in trying to say to somebody who's desperate for the toilet, who's trying to find a public toilet, sorry, you can't have them there because we're trying to save money. So you've heard some of the passion this morning. I know some people may be thinking, well, on the surface, you're only talking about public toilets. But people here in Bedford, I can tell you right now, they are not happy whatsoever. Justin,
0: it's a thin edge of the wedge. We are all going to hell in a handcart. It's political correctness (laughs) gone mad, for goodness sakes. Crazy. Justin, stay there because I am going to speak to a guest and I want to come back and I want to get your being locked in a, a toilet story. Richard Driscoll is the CEO of Crohn's and Colitis UK. Good morning Richard Good morning. Richard, our, our tongues have been slightly in our cheeks when we're this with this story but there, there is actually a serious side to it isn't it? the closing of public toilets because people with chronic illnesses like Crohn's or, or colitis, public toilets are actually really important aren't they?
27: They're absolutely essential. There's about one in 200 people in the country who have Crohn's or colitis. And for both of these conditions, um, people will often need the toilet many more times a day than someone who doesn't have the illness. Um, and it's not a question of, you know, finding one and having a walk, as Linda was saying, with the children. Um, it's, it's actually, you know, you have a problem called urgency, which means it's a bit like when you've got diarrhoea, you just can't hold on to When you've got to
0: go, I've got a friend who's got Crohn's, and when he's got to go, he's got to exactly. go. exactly. you'll
27: know they have a map of toilets in their head and they know which journey is safe to make and which isn't.
0: Are you worried as as, uh, um, a society that this is happening, that these
27: toilets are being closed down? It's happening in many different local authority areas and it's a real problem. Um, I think we have to recognise that the councils often have genuine problems in terms of issues of vandalism, you know the, the toilets not being used properly or misused um, and they are expensive and a lot of them are very old and need money spent on them and i think as an organization what we would like is two things one to see a statutory obligation from the government on local authorities to make provision but also council to think more creatively because it's not just a matter of actually them providing a public toilet mm. the key thing is having access For the public to a toilet and if you look at um, somewhere like Luton for example they've been much more creative and they've uh, recognised they can't provide as many public toilets as they as they want but they've got a scheme called a community toilet scheme and they invite businesses to offer to make their toilets accessible to the public, don't and they, they give really? them a small, yep, and they give them a small grant just to recognise that that might mean extra cleaning and so on. Do we know any so businesses in, en- in Luton that do this, Richard? Do you have any names of any there? Uh, well, I, I don't. Um, I know the council up. do that scheme, but if you, uh, I, I actually live in um, near Enfield, and if you go on the Enfield council website, there's yep. about thirty businesses there, there all really? of whom are being paid something like a grant for £500 a year to make their
0: toilets available. I I know Enfield very, very well. I I went to to college near Enfield. I know it very, very well.
27: Um, We had a
0: councillor on earlier on, Richard, who said, look, it's it's a choice between... um, It's literally a choice between do we build a crossing or do we keep a public toilet open? Most people are going to go for the crossing, aren't they?
27: Well, you know, is it safety for children or, you know, elderly people against toilets? You can see they're hard choices, but I think it's actually about, as I say, thinking creatively as a council. Um, And uh, if you you look at Brighton, for example, when they're giving planning permission for new commercial developments, they're now looking at whether that would be a good place for a community toilet Mm. and sometimes making it conditional on the planning application that the business joins the community toilet scheme. So there are various ways that the council's doing this, but it's about thinking imaginatively and not just thinking in terms of cutting facilities. Richard Driscoll, thank you very right?
0: much, CEO of Crohn's
7: and Clitus UK. Justin, you still there? I'm still here, so yes. how on earth did you get locked in a toilet? Well, this is not just an England thing. Um, a, a couple of months ago, I was in Majorca sunning myself in my Speedo. You, sure. sti- you still got that turn several yes. months later? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it's incredible <laughs> yes. What, what bottles do these days. But um, no, I was in Majorca and I needed to go to the toilets and I couldn't find a public toilet. So I popped into a hotel and I said, look, would you mind, I really need to go to the toilet. Yep, not a problem. Just go up to the second floor. So I've gone up there and it's a cubicle uh, for men. Um, I've gone into this cubicle and I've locked the door and I then tried to get back out. I couldn't get back out of the door. I was locked inside this toilet for 45 minutes. Thankfully, but, hey,
0: w- but, uh, 45 minutes yes. is a
7: very long time, Justin. It, it is. And then I suddenly thought, you know what? I'm going to have to do something drastic here. I'm banging on the door. Help, help, let me out. I'm stuck in the toilet. So I managed to jump out of the window. There was a window inside this cubicle. I'm then on the roof of a building. And I'm then trying to get myself down, speaking to three people who who don't speak a word of English, saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. So I managed to jump. It must have been a 15-foot jump. There I am in my shorts and my sandals. And I can tell you this for a fact. uh, My feet, they were stinging all day long. Were
0: well, you not with well, you not with friends or your girlfriend? Did someone what? not go, hey, Justin's been gone a long well, time. my Maybe partner sh-
7: was there. She, she was coming up. She, she, she couldn't hear me because she was banging on the door. Well, by that point, I was on the roof. <laughs> she thought I'd had a heart attack. She was downstairs saying to people, look, you've got to do something. My fiance's upstairs. Uh, he said he wasn't feeling well. I think he's collapsed in the toilet. I couldn't hear her. I was on the roof. I'm trying to jump down and I've walked out the front. I said, oh, hi, babe. And she was crying. She was oh, very, very upset because she thought... Something terrible had yeah. happened. I've walked out of the front just as if nothing had happened. But um, 45 minutes to get myself out of the loo. There I'm, you go. I,
0: I'll be honest. Can I, can I speak freely about your girlfriend, who I've yes. not met? I'm sure she's a lovely lady. It took her about 40 minutes to get worried enough to come and check on that toilet, though, Justin. Well, it, took,
7: it took 15. But, but you've oh, got to okay, remember, right. you know, when, when you've got a 15 or 20 foot jump off a yep, roof, yep. and you've got people down the bottom who don't speak a word of English. It, uh, there's me saying, "Can <laughs> I have a ladder?" Well, they haven't got a clue what a ladder <laughs> is ladder. in English. Ladder. Uh, well, it's a ladder. Oh, ladder. No. <laughs> so, so <laughs> (laughs) there I am jumping off and it
0: it wasn't great Justin Dean it was was well worth the wait fantastic imagine that he's he's a good looking lad he's a tall fella bronze blonde in his speedos climbing out of a toilet window standing on the roof It, it, it doesn't bear thinking about does it thank you Justin excellent well worth the wait
4: travel news now Sophie Tyler beds, hearts and bucks travel BBC Three Counties Radio
5: southbound on the M1. We still have delays at the moment between 14 at Milton Keynes and at Luton Airport at Junction 10, causing a few problems at the moment slightly out of the area, but something definitely to be aware of there. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's still slow between 27 at the M11 and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Now, this is not helped by the earlier multi-vehicle accident around Junction 25. And we also have 30-minute delays between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 at the M4 again, and Luton Airp- uh, around Luton, sorry, on the A5. We still have reports coming in of an accident around the A 505 now. If you know anything else about this, please do be sure to get in touch. It looks like reports are still a little bit sketchy and southbound on the Barnet Bypass, still slow as well to the Sterling Corner and Watford Bypass. Everything else still looking a little bit tricky for this time in the morning, but nothing that's going to be holding you up for too long at all. Trains are looking good on the local lights, departure boards. Sophie Tyler, BBC, Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you very much, Sophie. <laughs> 8.45, it's Tuesday, the 23rd of October. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Jimmy Savile Stoke Mandeville Hospital Trust is being shut down in the wake of allegations that the late DJ abused children. Four people have begun legal action against the publishers of the Daily Mirror, alleging that their phones were hacked. And in the Champions League tonight, the holders Chelsea are away to Shakhtar Donetsk with manager Roberto Di Matteo expected to recall Captain John Terry after suspension. The weather today Beds, hearts and Mist and fog will clear slowly to give us cloudy day. a uh, cloudy day with brighter spells in the afternoon. Top temperature is 16 degrees. Coming up tonight is the premiere of the new James Bond movie. The car he drives was restored in Newport Pagnell. Oh yes, find out more before nine. BBC
1: Three Counties Radio. Every weekday afternoon from 3... Roberto Peroni so the
13: grey ones aren't native to the UK absolutely
21: not but the, black ones
13: are, reported... but the black ones are much smaller though
1: black squirrel is
21: a grey squirrel with black fur that's all Roberto Peroni so now I'm
13: really concerned that so the red one is okay yeah. then you've got brunette and black ones which are just like the red ones apparently
21: in some
8: cases they are red squirrels
13: <laughs> I'm really confused about squirrels if I catch any on on Saturday when I'm line hunting I do need to know where to get, take them to I'm not sure Greyfriars Police Station will take them uh, Mayor Dave I can give him a call get them to meet me maybe you take one or two off
1: me Roberto Peroni weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio
0: Car insurance Ryan has uh, emailed him I lived in Gerrards Cross I love Gerrards Cross my mum lives there it's a cracking place uh, I lived in Gerrards Cross for two years where my car insurance was about £240 per year I moved to Luton the beginning of this year it went up to 600 quid with the same insurance company Ryan that's a big old leap isn't it that's a huge job. My car insurance was has been at some point in my life one thousand six hundred pounds down to one thousand and forty. Partly because I had points in my license, they've gone now, but mainly it's because of my job. They they do think because I am in show business uh, that I am going to be driving around Burt Reynolds and Paul McCartney. And if you have a car crash with Burt Reynolds in your car, he's very litigious, very litigious indeed. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the James Bond premiere. Very excited. I'm not going to the premiere, but uh, I, I, I almost had tickets to go to a press screening last week, and then I, at the moment, last moment, I had an email saying, oh, sorry, Ian, your ticket's been allocated to someone else. <sighs> Uh, tonight is the James Bond premiere. Check out his, his new car. It was restored in Buckinghamshire. The owner of the car, a 1962 DB5, was waiting for it to be restored when it was spotted and wanted for the film. The work, carried out at Newport Pagnell, was completed in six weeks. Kingsley Riding Fels is the director at Aston Martin in Newport Pagnell. Morning, Kingsley. Good morning, Ian. Pr- d- listen, I don't know anything about cars, but I know no. that an, a- an Aston Martin is, is, is pretty cool. What's so special about this car?
31: Well, this particular car was, the, well, it's very special because it's a DB5, and mm. we didn't build many DB5s, only 1,013, so it's, uh, it's one of very few, and this particular car, of course, now has been selected and prepared for the James Bond film, and is featured in it, as everyone will see, and so that makes it a very special car.
0: What was the story with this car? So, so someone was owning it, but it was a bit run down, and, uh, and it was spotted?
31: Well, what happened? Eon Productions contacted us, Aston Martin, and said, we're, built, we're doing a new James Bond film, what we'd like to have is the DB5 in in the, in the film again, we need a right-hand drive car in the usual silver birch with a dark blue trim. Um, and uh, could you possibly arrange this, for, you know, to get a car to us? Because we already have a car, a Eon We own a DB5, yeah. but we need another car, and they need to be identical. So we had a six-week opportunity in which to find a car.
0: They don't ask so much, do they, Kingsley? These film types, <laughs> blimey.
31: No, no, so having got the call, we then sort of said, well, we have a number of cars waiting to come here at Newport Pagnall for restoration. And uh, we looked through the list and sort of said, well, it's a DB5 here, spoke to the customer and said, Sir, would you like your car to be prepared for the film? <laughs> yeah! uh, and, uh, and, and then at that, that point, I said to him, but of course, I think this car is absolutely destined to be in the film. And he said, why is that? I said because the chassis number is two zero zero seven. You're joking? No, I'm
0: that, not. that's not some showbiz story
31: you've made to make <laughs> it a more. Absolutely not. Fantastic. It is two Two double oh seven. So, can I so, assume how
0: much would it cost to kind of do up one of these cars?
31: Well, if you the car will now come back and be fully restored, the yep. cost of a full restoration like that is about two hundred eighty thousand pounds.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Kingsley, I thought you said two hundred eighty thousand pounds. I did, plus VAT. Yay! 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 Will the film company be picking up that tab, or is is it this private customer that will be uh, paying for that
31: No the customer wanted the car restored and he wanted it because the car was green with a beige trim and right. he said but now he wants it done just as it was in the well, film well, So yeah. uh, so we will fully restore the car it'll be like brand new but it'll Wonderful. be in silver birch with a dark color trim
0: Wonderful Can <laughs> I can I ask we're talking about yeah. car insurance this morning and yeah. uh, how much would it cost d- to to
31: insure a car like that well, it's quite interesting, because it depends whether it's a corporate or a personal um, insurance. But, of course, a lot of these classic cars and heritage cars are on limited mileage insurance. So, in fact, it brings insurance costs right down. Right. Because you actually say to somebody, well, actually, I'm only going to use it a couple of thousand miles a year to go to events and everything else. So, really, and you're not going to be driving around in the winter when the salt's about. So, perhaps you're only going to be on the road eight months a year. Right. So, insurance actually doesn't seem too bad. Have you seen the film yet, Kingsley, the new Bond film? No, I'm going tonight. Oh, are you going to the premiere? Hopefully. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: you're, you're, still, you're waiting for the postman to deliver those tickets today, is, is that it? Well,
31: if not, it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: at the local audience. Fantastic. And, and, and do you know how prominent the car's going to be in the film, have they told you?
31: Um, I think it is quite
0: prominent, Brilliant.
31: yes It's certainly on display tonight, which is our main thing To get the car down there, put it on display And uh, outside the Albert Hall Ready for when everyone arrives what So, uh, story. So it'll, it'll be lovely and it Just a wonderful bit of Newport Pagnell uh, in London
0: Kingsley, I-, I hope you get in there tonight and, uh, and if you do, enjoy it Thank you very much indeed, Ian Kingsley, Kingsley Riding Fels is the uh, director At Aston Martin £280,000 to get that car restored Hello? I'll, bu- I'll buy a house, please I'll buy a house that's amazing. Now, I, I was thinking, why aren't we mentioning the owner's name in this story? Someone's missed out. Obviously, he does not want people to know that he has that much money to throw around on cars. I, I felt bad buying a very expensive guitar this week. Very expensive. I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you. I told my wife. She was furious. How much did it cost? Ah, well, you know, the thing is, it won't go down in value. How much did it cost? It's 46 years old. I've never seen one. How much did it... I told her... And I said, but I could sell it for a a little bit more immediately. She goes, well, why don't you do that then? But yes, £280,000. I'm in shock there. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Peter! Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peter, car insurance. Can you believe that? 280 grand to get your car tuned up a bit. I didn't actually hear all of what you were saying. What was he? What car was it? It's a 1962 Aston Martin DB5. It's going to be in the new Bond film. Some guy owns it, and I said, "How much it cost to get it done up?" Two hundred eighty thousand pounds. Wait, Ian, because it was plus VAT. Yeah, <laughs> There's another, nearly sixty grand on top of that. You, you would, nearly you, a quarter of a million. You would, you would say, look, what what can you do for cash? Yeah, you, for you for would cash, be ta- you you you, I don't do condone it, them, but you. yes, you, what, what can you do? What's your best deal for cash, <laughs> Peter? How much? How much are you paying for car insurance?
13: Well, my wife has got a little Honda Jazz, a one point four. Yeah, it's ten years old, and I've just insured it a month ago. For £201. Oh. Which I think is fantastic. But, and it gets one step better than that because
0: through a cashback site, yeah. and the, I don't know if you, you heard of these cashback sites? Yeah, I've, I'm aware of these, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, don't, the, don't, uh, don't sound surprised. Listen, I'm a man <laughs> of the world, Peter. I've got the internet. I look around. I'm always looking for a good deal. Okay, well, you probably know they're not always guaranteed. Yeah. But there's another fifty quid to come off it, so oh. fully comprehensive.
18: Hundred and fifty pounds a year. All being well, that you get the cash back. Right, the stay,
0: stay there, Peter. Stay there, ja- uh, beat Jane. That, Ian. Beat uh, well, that. Let's see if we can beat that, Jane in Aylesbury. Hello. Good morning, Jane. Can you can you beat Peter? One hundred and
3: forty-seven. Oh, oh yeah. no!
6: No, pipped
0: at the post. Pipped literally at the post. <laughs> Jane, what car have you got? I've got a um nineteen
6: ninety-six Nissan.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And it's I've
6: got nine years no claims bonus.
0: And just give us that. Just give us that figure again one more time, Jane. One
6: hundred and forty-seven. Peter, is, is, it, is it fully comp though? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, okay. yep, stop
0: looking for. Stop me. trying to ruin Jane's moment of glory, Peter. <laughs> you had it. You had it for thirty seconds, and Jane has come in and trounced you at the last minute by about three quid. Peter, thank you very much, Jane. That's fantastic, okay. isn't it? What a bargain! Can I, Jane, can I ask roughly? I don't want. I don't want specifics. It's not. Well, what age bracket would you be in? Over 15. There we go. So, Jane, thank you. Delicately answered. Thank you very much for that. There you go. Poor old Peter. He thought he had it, he thought he was in the lead, and then literally at the last minute, it came in. Uh, the, the Jane, with £147 insurance. Oh, God, imagine that. I just think, at one point in my life, I was paying that a month for my car insurance. How outrageous is that? Uh, I've been asking on, on, on Twitter and throughout the show. Man, I'm so desperate for... for I, I hate to say this, but tomorrow we're going to do an artsy show. There'll be nothing below the, below the waist tomorrow. It's been a little bit lavatorial. I do need the loo after bringing in my flask and talking about toilets. I've been asking on Facebook, are you... Is the BBC in danger of disappearing up its own backside? Because we are a BBC show that all morning has been speaking about a BBC show that was investigating a BBC show that was sort of investigating a BBC personality. And I'm just worried... And of course the BBC has to be open and transparent and has to say, look, we may have made mistakes here, we're going to investigate. Of course it does. But there, it, it's on a lot of different BBC radio stations. And I, I, I've been asking, are you interested in this story? Or are we, is the BBC kind of self-perpetuating it? Um, and Duff Batty... On Twitter is an interesting point. Yes, I'm interested. No one else broke the Savile story. The papers, radio, TV. Why is it all uh, Newsnight's fault suddenly? And it's true. We have heard on this show from newspaper editors that they had the Savile story. They knew about it. They didn't have enough evidence to go ahead with it. And part of me does think, well, instead of spending all this money phone hacking, you know, football managers or, or, or whatever it was, celebrities for tittle tattle. Why weren't you, fight, why weren't you using that, that power to investigate something important? Like, was Jimmy Savile a paedophile? It's, it's fascinating, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this panorama show I watched the first 15 minutes this morning I'm looking forward to watching it a bit more now uh, David is on the M1, good morning David Hello, good morning, is that Ian? Yes it is, what's, what's your take on the public toilets we're talking about? Well I was just going to say
33: first I was listening to one of your callers calling out here Yes And um, it was the gentleman that got your name in uh, Yes,
0: Ken I think his name was
33: Yes, I just,
13: I, would, I, would, I wanted to say that I thought that was quite uh, disrespectful, the way you handled that, to be honest. I mean, you... Oh, um, David, grow isn't. up.
0: David, David, grow up. Don't but be so silly. Like, he I, took uh, it, he took, he has a sense of humour, and he took it in the spirit it was intended. Don't Stop being such I a... I don't think
33: he did that. I think it was slightly bullying of you to David. keep him by a different name and embarrass him. I just thought, you know, I wanted to get that across,
15: well, David, you, David, it was quite
0: immature. David, you've got it across. It was a joke. He's got a sense of humour. Most of my listeners have got sense of humour, apart from you. So, do you know not what? You're not, you're not listening. there. bullying. Don't be so stupid. David's banned from listening. I don't want him listening to the show anymore. Don't be so stupid. Bullying. Ken had a sense of humour. David. He took it in the sport. It was intended. Shame on you for not doing the same thing. Listen. If you're going to listen to the show, I have to warn you now. You need to have a sense of humour. I don't. I don't want anybody like that listening to this show. I have the power to ban you from listening to the show, dear listener. If, we, if we, we're not getting along, so uh, don't, don't don't come on and throw the b-word around at me. For goodness' sakes be very very careful when you do that you silly sausage i've been doing this job long enough to know what bullying is um right uh, i've got apparently i've got ah, a text on the car insurance uh, we've done those ones i'm not sure where the other ones are i can't quite see them so we'll leave them at that shall we yes there we go listen thank you very much for listening uh, we'll have uh, um, more bits and pieces uh, uh, tomorrow morning as the show goes on at six o'clock. no idea what we're gonna do we, we're looking for a musical act on friday's show We're looking for a musical act. We like to end the show on a Friday with a a little bit of music. So far, we've had um, a a ukulele group. Um, We've had um, a a harp. We've had uh, a a classical guitar and electric guitar. We're looking for a little musical act to come on this Friday. Do you think you could do that? If you do something a little bit different, unusual, could you send us an email? 3cr at bbc.co.uk. And if it's something a little bit special, then we'll try and get you on on Friday if we can, or in one of the coming weeks.
4: Right, travel news now. Here's Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Southbound on the M1. We still have delays at the moment between Junction 14 at Milton Keynes and 10 at Luton Airport, causing problems there. Delays of nearly an hour, I'm afraid. And it's also looking fairly slow anti-clockwise still on the M25. Between 27 at the M11 and 25 at the A10 for Enfield, not helped by the earlier multi-vehicle accident at Junction 25. And anti-clockwise on the M25 again, still looking fairly slow with 30-minute delays between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 at the M4. And we still have reports of an accident at the moment on the A5 heading through Luton at the A4. 505. Everything else not looking too bad right now. Trains appear to be running to time on the local live departure boards. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Sophie, thank you very much. That's it. Ah, the end of another show. Back tomorrow at six with more nonsense. Do, do tune in if you've got a sense of humour. That's, that's, that's the only requirement. Uh, stick around after nine. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Ta-ta
4: beds, hearts and bugs talking.
1: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS
14: Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. And this morning on the big phone-in, I'm asking, should anyone other than Jimmy Savile take responsibility?